I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his envy. Episode 37. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of A Gay and His Envy. Um, thank you for listening to us wherever it is that you do, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere in between. We always appreciate each and every one of you that listen to us every week. Um, if you love what you're listening to, be sure to go leave a rating and a review um, because that helps us get into the algorithm so that more people can listen and more people can see our podcast and hear our thoughts on things. Um, we always appreciate it. Be sure to follow us on social media, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're posting new stuff there all the time, including clips from the podcast and much, much more. Um, you can also get merchandise from us over at agayandhisnb.threadless.com. We have six designs up right now that you can get in a variety of different ways, whether that be T-shirts, mugs, uh, towels, uh, bags, various other items uh, that you need for your everyday life. You can get them with some cool designs over at agayandhisnb.threadless.com. Be sure to go check that out. And if you guys have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can be sure to send them to us across our social media or by email at a gay and his envy at gmail.com. Now that we got all that out of the way, uh, what do we have on tap this episode? We have one episode this week of rarity for a gay and his envy. Yeah, uh, we have only three things across our different um, sources of uh, entertainment to speak with you about this week. Um, though I do want to add, um, you know, when you go onto our social media, tweet back at us, engage in a conversation, share our, our, our posts with your friends, with your enemies, with your mom, maybe <laughs> not your mom, but you know, like, unless you have like a, cool unless mom. you have a really cool mom, you know, not a normal mom, but a cool mom. Shout out to Jinx. Um, yeah, uh, d- d- share that stuff with them. Laugh, giggle, hee hee, ha ha, funny, um, all of that. Um, also, if you have ideas for merch, let us know. If we like it, I'll design something. I'll throw it up on the store. You can grab it. Um, we'll give you a shout out on social media when we uh, announce the new design. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely do that. But. To our episode this week, we have um, that um, interesting little brunch down in Atlanta to oh. talk about. Oh, God. Oh. That Atlanta, uh, maybe we, were, we aren't going to be as strongly opinionated as last week because I listened back to the episode and, oh, my God, I was hot over that episode <laughs> of Atlanta. This was better-ish, but yeah. Oh, and thank God we are we have heard from Candy that apparently this storyline with Marlo is over thank after God. this week because I am sick of it. <laughs> um, um, we are going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about OC uh, and the tragic, sad closing of Cut Fitness. Um, that is um, definitely been a mainstay on OC for a while, so we're sad to see that go. Um, but before we get to any of that... We're going to talk Drag Race. Drag Race for this week, a new episode of Drag Race All-Stars 8. Um, <laughs> I, we kind of, I think we have different opinions on this episode and sort of our feelings of it. I think you were a little more satisfied with it than I was. I was fine. It was a, it was a good episode. I yeah. won't say it was great. It wasn't anything to write home about. 
I think, you know, I think the, there's been a lot uh, we talked, I think a little bit last week that there's been a good amount of dialogue about like, has this like season, like jumped the shark, so to speak. I don't think so. I, mm, I feel like we're not getting the full story on this season. I'll say that. I okay. feel like what we and we talked about like the drama that was happening on social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When especially when we get into the sort of drama from this episode, I feel like there is so much it gives me the sense that they are there is so much stuff happening behind the scenes this season that like we're not seeing and that it seems like the queens are over it. Like it seems like they want to get by this season. Like, like they're fed up. Like, yeah, I got that sense underneath. Like I, it just seemed like almost suddenly, like they just weren't happy this episode. Yeah. And it, it really seems like the whole, um, throw people in a pressure cooker under extreme secrecy, sort of thing and cut them off from the outside world is really not working anymore. Right. Um, but it, when it, cause I think that that's what like have a good competition. Like I think the competition part is not the issue. It's all the set dressing. Yeah. It's all the extra shit. It's all the, I don't have any of my support system. It's the, I don't have any way to, I don't have the freedom to actually express how I feel in this moment because I'm afraid of repercussions. Mm -hmm. It's all of that shit. Like that is stifling good television. Yeah. And it's like the, it feels like the moment. Cause this is what I mean by it. It's like the moments that we are seeing of like frustration is like stuff that they, that they almost can't edit around. Yeah. Like it's like especially this episode. Like every it it was so presentable however how much people were over it to where you couldn't really edit around it. Like you couldn't like and cuz like I know Kahana when she was kind of clapping back on Heidi with their stuff mentioned that like I think it was on her Instagram live or something that like Heidi it was way worse than what they showed about Heidi being upset this season that she was like yelling at producers that she like threw her mic at like a PA or something like so it's like and whether that was valid or not we don't know but like it seems to me like that those are tensions that have been lingering and so when you see Heidi in like episode three of Untucked be like I want to go home it's like jarring almost. Yeah. Like you don't know where it's coming from and you don't know why things are transpiring in the way Look, they are. Take us back to season two where we're having fights out in the hallways in between sets. Yeah. Give us that shit. Like give us raw and unfiltered because guess what? People will be on the sides of the Queens. People will. Look- I think they don't want that. Why not? I think well because it's not so much that the queens are mad at production and fuck production. That's not what's happening. The the what's happening is that they are dealing with the national or the natural consequences of being in this pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. They want that drama. Right. That's why they do it that way. But then they don't want any of the dealing with the actuality of that drama they don't want the reality of that drama and that it's a reality show yeah and i think the problem is too like it i think with the format of all stars it becomes naturally heightened with like the whole eliminating each other sort of thing but i also think it might be a thing with like we've talked about how like expensive it is to do drag race right and the sort of like all that you're putting in when you're when you're going onto a season you're doing a lot and putting yourself through a lot like 
expense to where there we have some queens now who are just like I don't really want to go back on All Stars. I'd rather yeah. just like tour and like maybe they'll br- bring me back to be an assassin and that and I'm fine with that. Honestly, like, I don't need to spend ten thousand dollars. Honestly, I think. I think All Stars should be more like a Project Runway situation. Sure. Where each queen is like a project manager, and every episode she is given a challenge, mm-hmm. right? You have a team, but the design has to be yours. Like, you don't have to make it. None of these queens are making their own looks, or very few of them are these yeah. days, right? Most of them have people that they work with that they create something so give us part of that process right elevate these designers that are actually out here doing stuff that are crafting these amazing costumes yeah get us out of this pressure cooker thing right right have them do that have them do the runway that we see all of that happen production pays for that Mm -hmm. so everyone's on an equal playing field we don't have to worry about putting tens of thousands of dollars into something that probably won't get you anything back. Yeah. Get rid of the prizes for every week. Just give a cash prize at the end because then you're not paying people back for their, their looks every week because you're paying for the look. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, show us some of that process. Give us the acting challenges and all of that stuff on the side. Give us both. Give us all of that. Yeah, because I saw I saw when the season started. I remember seeing a couple people like sort of theory because we had talked about how the with the cast this season, like it seemed like a and we were happy that they got a bunch of people that were kind of like sort of like you wouldn't immediately expect to be casted on like an all star season, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, but I saw some people theorizing that like maybe it's like a lot of the queens that wanted to like that that you would have expected on like an all star season are kind of like do I want to go through the hassle? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, th- I, I think if, even if that whole production back background thing was like a separate series that is happening, like you see that sort of stuff happening, like an online thing, like an untucked sort of situation. Right. And then on the show, you see them compete in the challenge and then do the runway and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, Call it like Project Drag Drag Race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You know, something like that where you have, and like, don't eliminate people. I think that was the other thing too. It was like, Like, I hate the elimination of, like, I don't want people to go home first on All Stars. I I don't know if I'm misremembering, but I feel like that was one of the things that was said about the queens that were on All Star 7, that part of the reason they did agree to it was that we would be on every episode. Yeah, and so there, and when you're on every episode, yes, I'm then willing to spend all this money in order to like. And guess what? All Star Seven was fucking fabulous. Yeah, I loved having every queen every episode. I loved all of these girls getting back in front of us and showcasing for us every fucking week. I loved that. Right. Give us that. Make the season shorter if you need to. To like make it more cost effective but y'all are gonna have to start shelling out money yeah to get these girls back on the show i think yeah and that's the that's kind of the frustration like i yeah i'm i want to know i mean i we're never gonna get it because i think wow has done a pretty good job of being tight-lipped on this kind of stuff but it's like 
I feel like we need to know what the hell's gone on backstage this this particular season because it feels like it feels like we're out of the loop on things personally. Yeah. Um. We like and speaking of one case of it, so we come back into the workroom. James has been eliminated, mm-hmm. and so they discuss what happened. And there, Lala even was just like, "I decide what I want to do when I get in the voting booth." And it's like there was no like, there wasn't any like. This is why we all agreed on James. Like, Alexis was just like, well, Kahana, you have one win. That didn't seem to matter last week. Yeah, it didn't seem to matter last week. And then also, like, it's okay if that's your thought process, but how was that everyone's thought process? There was no way you guys didn't communicate with each other. Spoiler alert, it also didn't matter this week. (laughs) There you go. Um, But, like... Again, I don't. I why don't we know the process of how this big, big of a thing happened? Yeah, and it wasn't on Untucked. Like no, we didn't there see was any no of indication that. of that. It didn't make sense. It's it's crazy. Um, we go into the workroom the next day, um, and Rue presents my conspiracy theory hat uh-huh. is saying that they didn't want James in this challenge, so production strong armed this election. Sure, or elimination. I mean, think about. Next week's challenge and who went home this episode. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, guys, really? Like, it's just. It's like, it's one thing on a normal season of Drag Race, but when the girls are voting. Yeah. Come on. It's that's like, fucking bullshit. Because it makes me think that they, they've infected the process. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rue presents the maxi challenge though, and it's a improv challenge. I don't know why they do improv on, on the, I don't either. Like I, I can understand like, why would you ever have to improv in like, like, unless unless you're on SNL, but even SNL is not improv. SNL is scripted. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, I I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But they, they, uh, it's uh, sh- new show Forensic Queens uh, with the subtitle What Had Happened to Little Pound Cake. Um, so it gets like a CSI ish, like not CSI. It was like, more like a Dateline thing. Yeah, Dateline. There you go. Like criminal investigation uh, vibe. True crime. Um, so uh, they basically are going to have to decide their roles. And, but like as Rue is like relaying what the challenge is, they just keep cutting to Kahana. And Kahana's face is just like... Every time you look at her, she's more and more upset. <laughs> yeah, she's just dead behind the eyes. And we find out just like, yay, another acting challenge. Yep. I get, you know... It's like, I, they're so fucking frustrated. And I feel like everyone was... Fr- like, when they're going and picking their roles, I think... I mean, part of it is those sort of roles. And... Again, we get this thing of like the drama of like, oh my god, they have to choose their roles for each other. Like, they're gonna. It's like how many season after season we've seen this fight with Candy and Alexis. Yeah, it's and it's like, or episode after episode. Well, yes, but like for the last since what All Star since like season. Oh right, yeah. Tw- like every season, it's happened yeah. in these challenges. I mean. At a certain point, you have to just start going, put the rolls in a hat, draw them. But that's my thing. Like, I feel like I'm also of the belief that I think Drag Race should... The whole concept is when you're finding America's Next Drag Superstar, in the same way that Top Model was about finding the ne- America's Next Top Model. So it's the right. same sort of... 
It's about teaching them to have a career out in the outside world, right? Right. To do what RuPaul does. Right. Nowhere would you go onto a set and they would have a cast of people and they would say, pick your roles. Yeah. That doesn't happen. They don't cast the entire cast and then throw the script at them and go, okay, figure out what roles you're playing. Yeah, come on. Like, yeah. That, it, that doesn't happen. That that doesn't. And also, I get that they're, that they're like trying to create drama, but also if you're trying to create drama, but then you are cutting out half of the actual drama and then only keeping in the stuff you couldn't actually cut. Like, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Like, we don't want to watch this. Like, there's a difference between drama, between the girls being catty and then bickering back and forth. That's fun. I love that. This is getting heavy. Yeah. it's like, This is getting like, I don't want to do fucking drag anymore. Right. Like, it's getting to that level. At like, these the girls fights... are like that distressed no, and upset. A... And I'm just like, I'm done. That's such a good point. Like, the fights in the earlier seasons were all about the, like personalities clashing and this is just about like well we've been given this shit sandwich and we're gonna now yell at each other because we're trying to get the best of this shit sandwich like yeah yeah um kahana uh, says you know i'll the only one that's really speaking to me is the i'm a fox role which is like beauty like debutante sort of and it's like when she was you were kind of saying like she should go for that one but i was like I feel like she shouldn't in the sense that, like, it's literally been every role she's done on the show this season. Yes, but it's also close to her personality. And I think if she could actually, if, because if she had done in the first half of this whole skit what she did in the second half and really kind of let, let go and just have fucking fun with it, sure. she wouldn't have been in the bottom. Yeah. She handled her. I mean, they would have still put her there because they didn't want her here next week. But, you know, they wouldn't have. (laughs) She wouldn't have deserved to be in the bottom. She kind of deserved it. Right. She handled her inner saboteur, would you say? Um, No, I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. But but like the fact that we'll we'll get to it later. The fact that Jimbo gave Kahana better advice than I've heard of from any drag race judge. Like, well, that's what's so frustrating is that Jimbo gave better advice than anybody else that's ever been on the judging panel. Then, like, we, I was reminded this week of the only good bit of makeup advice that has ever happened that I've seen on any of the English speaking, because we don't, spoiler alert, we don't watch the other ones because it's hard to keep we're, up with subtitles. Because we're dumb Americans. Because <laughs> we're dumb Americans. Um, but... It was Raven on fucking yeah. UK talking to um, who that won. Who won recently? Yes. Danny Beard? Nope. The one before that. Uh, Scottish um, plus size. Oh, Lawrence Cheney. That was yes. two before. Yeah, yeah. Lawrence Cheney, who won uh, Drag Race UK. Um told her, you know, was giving her makeup advice about how to, you know, not paint on the depression. Yeah, that, yeah. that came across my feed this week. And I was like, these are the two, between Jimbo and Raven, actual people who have been through the competition yeah. multiple times, they're giving better advice than anyone who's actually sat on the judging panel every, ever, history of. I mean, it's, it's so much more helpful to just be like, oh, you have a voice in your head, and you have to keep that voice quiet and say, no voice. Don't talk to me. (laughs) 
that, oh, that helps a lot. Like, I, I don't know about you. I need clear and actionable direction. Yeah. I don't need someone to give me like these flouncy words that like don't really mean anything when you boil them down. Yeah. Like I need you to go cut the crease here instead of here. Like I need you to say, okay, when you say this line, say it like this. Great. That's direction. That's right. something I can work with. Not, I don't know. Can you just do it again? Yeah. But be funny. Make it funny. But make it funny. Okay, I'm not laughing. Uh, yeah. That's not, that's not helpful. Um, th- so Candy and Alexis like start kind of arguing about who wants to be the investigative detective. Um, and like that role. And, and I, like I do, like on the context of what she was saying, I was kind of annoyed with Alexis being like, well, these two roles are really, I mean, they're pretty similar. So Candy's like, then why not grab, then why not you take that role? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it, but like Alexis is also like I've said before, Alexis is conflict averse. Yeah, and she's an empath. <laughs> well, that I wasn't gonna go there, <laughs> but she is conflict averse. Yeah, so she's tr- gonna try to convince someone to see it her way in a roundabout way instead of just saying "fuck you," I want this part because yeah. that's not who she is. She's not gonna mow people down. Alex or not Alexis candy however is very much more in your face about her opinion Mm -hmm. and she's not going to sugarcoat it for anybody and that's (laughs) uh, because candy I get it it was right there I had to take it Uh, yeah you you definitely had to um (laughs) so (laughs) she's not gonna sugarcoat it for anybody and while I admire that like confidence and the ability to just say no this is what i want and this is what i need i don't think that it is then right for that person to shit on other people who do not have that sure and that is the problem i had with candy this week because instead of saying look i get that this is not what you wanted instead say or instead of that like being compassionate to alexis when alexis was upset she then said well, now I'm just like, how dare you have emotions? Yeah. Fuck you. I mean, yes, Alexis. I will say Alexis has been crying all season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Including like, in moments where she like was totally like, like the, the crying scene in Untucked where she like made that moment about her. But that's sure, separate. But she's an emotional person and put in this situation that is literally cracked three queens at this point that's true and i and i will say i am more the alexis like i i, I i'm am the alexis absolutely in that more of the alexis in that situation too and so it's very frustrating it's like i i can't i can't explain it to you any better than i don't want to do this role and you want to do the role that i want to do and i don't see why you wouldn't want to do this role because it is similar, but it's not similar in the ways that I like, but it's similar in the ways that might work for you. And so I don't know why you're shitting on me for wanting a fucking role. Yeah. When we're put in this fucking awful situation and you have put your foot down on every fucking role you've had on this show so far and gotten your goddamn way. So like, I don't get why. And Alexis has given up roles already before in the past on this season because we've already done this fucking thing before we've already done the fucking role like but the thing is is that candy knew she could bowl her over no i know and take the role but how frustrating but like going back to it like how frustrating is that that we've done this over we've done this thing already this is the 
third time this season we've had this fight? At least the second. Like, it's like, <sighs> yeah. So Alexis then needs, uh, like, they go to sort of rehearse their lines, but then Alexis is still emotional about it. So she leaves set, essentially, to take a moment to, like, calm down. And then Kahana's done, and Kahana's like, no, I'm going home. Like, I'm leaving right now, and starts to pack her shit. And Jimbo's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, like I get it, though. Like, if you feel like it doesn't fucking matter, like, I get it. Alexis it's so is, inevitable. Like, Alexis is sitting here going, I don't have any wins. Everyone else has a win. I am not going to be given the chance to put my best foot forward because everyone's mowing me over. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm going to be in the bottom and um, I've spent all this money and all this time trying to get back on this goddamn show and get back on a national platform. Um, and now I'm getting shat on and like all of this fucking sucks and I just don't want to be here. It's not worth my time and effort anymore. Did Alexa say she was quitting? I can't remember. I thought no, she, she said, she said she said she was thinking about it. She was like, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. Something yeah. along those lines. And then she was like, I need to take a break. I need to walk away. Right. And that's what she did to go calm herself down and come back in. Because I'm sure that she's been in, pre like, she's been in more than just drag race. She's done stuff, like, professionally that are similar pressure cooker sort of situations. So, like, putting on shows, like, at the Broadway level and off-Broadway level are at this same magnitude, but it's much shorter, sure. like, for the production time. Like, over, like, acting it is fine, but, like, the getting ready for it, and, and you're also cast in your best light. You have people that are working with you, trying to get the best out of you, trying to help you perform the best, and that's not happening on this Drag ain't Race. This Michelle's Drag Race. Right. Nobody is sitting here trying to help everybody perform their best. Yeah. They're on their own. Um, so as Kahana's pack, then Rue comes back into the workroom, which it's like the first time Rue's ever been like, having yeah. to like re it's like okay everyone get back on their mark like sort of like <laughs> she had to go put her suit back on you know she was already in her robe and her dress she was halfway yeah. home she was in her maserati <laughs> and basically has to read them i i appreciate i mean i don't know what i thought of this speech now that, like because to me i'm like it's cool you're reading them the riot act out it of wasn't. context but like in context i'm like they're fed up. Like, so like, see, I, ex she took a weird middle ground. Yeah. I expected her to either be worse and like chew them the fuck out, which she didn't really do. Mm. Or I expected her to be like super like love and light sort of thing. Right. And she didn't do that either. She took she, the wrong answer. She went with feelings aren't facts, which I was like, okay, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the larger point of like, I, 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 I tend to abide by the larger point of, I think of what she was saying, which is like, sometimes you suck it up in a, in a, cause this is essentially like you're here on, you're on, it's essentially a job. You're here as a, it's a job and you kind of have to be professional. Sure. But there is no other job in the world where the especially an acting job where the production team is rooting for your failure. Sure. There's that. Like 
every other job where you are going and acting in front of a TV or in front of a camera. Your work or your product or your... Is right. Like, you is, have someone who is working with you. You have someone who is helping you perform at your best. Yeah. There is no one here doing that. They yeah. are abandoning them number one and then actively cheering on their demise and then but no and then actively cheering on their demise and then when they get upset about being abandoned they're just like well why didn't you just like fucking like- and then production makes memes about it afterwards and the whole fucking drag race community does it too production's making memes no but you know what oh, i mean I thought- like with like the way that they like the way that they will like do shady edits oh, okay, and like yeah, all yeah, it's yeah. basically I asking were, the public to make memes. I thought you were saying that something happened on Drag Race Twitter that I didn't know about again. No, <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. I've been off of Twitter uh, for a few days <laughs> Good. because the anti-trans shit on there is getting awful, and I just needed a break. The submarine shit is not balancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. Um, uh, but so, and at one point, Rue was also like saying, said something, and I was just like, ooh, that preach, like telling herself, preach, amen. So, it, like, this is cringy as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry. It's like, you can't be in the moment, like, sort of being like, ooh, I sound so good right now. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. And it was, but apparently, this woke them up. And like, even later, Alexis is just like, that was the, that was really what we needed in that. And I'm like, Okay, so was this it is, or was this, the talk from um, production is, about you getting sued if you walked off the set? Yeah, it's was like okay, this is the statement was. that production told you to say in this moment about how thankful you are that RuPaul um, yelled at you. Cool. You can tell because it was in clear HR language. Yeah. Ugh. So frustrating. The magnitude of my emotions did not. <laughs> <laughs> So bad. Um, let's go to the challenge. What mm, I zoned out a lot during this challenge. It was uh, I don't I didn't like it. This is it should have been scripted. It shouldn't have been improv. Like right. I think like you know there were good. Mo- I thought like like Jessica was funny in moments, but I thought like it was a little scatterbrained. A little bit, but that happens with. It's weird because improv. Improv is meant to be in a space with each other where you can play off of each other. Right, and everyone was in like solo scenes. Right, there was all these solo interviews where people had to then interview, but then clearly they weren't able to like see who what the other people were saying. But also, and couldn't play off of each other. Like, that, what is that? But my also frustration was that plus, like, it was improv. But clearly they had a story they had to tell. Right. Because like you, I mean, the scene with RuPaul was put in, like, it, like that, that wasn't all improv. Like there, like there were a good chunk of it that wasn't improv. So it was like, what was improv and what wasn't? Yeah. Like, like what was, you need to at least say this to get us to the next scene. Yeah. I have a feeling that they had a bare bones script. Yeah. They had plot points that they needed to hit and then everything else was up to them yeah like stop doing the improv challenge it's just it's not good i normally hate to say write stuff because i usually hate drag race writing but like shakespeare was better than the writing for this yeah. which is that it existed um kahana as we mentioned was i'm a fox um she's fine i thought i like yeah like yeah <laughs> i mean look. She, uh, she was very much she didn't like she had some comedic moments but like for the most part she was like treating it like a serious thing uh-huh which 
I think, yeah, I mean, kind of. But I mean, so was Alexis a little bit. Alexis was very much like um, uh, season five, uh, Roxy Andrews in that one court thing that they did that she right. was got mad at Jinx in Alaska afterwards because they were doing it do all jokes. serious. <laughs> I just want that scene like came across my TikTok recently. Like, <laughs> like it, it was very much that it and was Alaska having energy. to be like, girl, we're not shooting like an action. We're not on law and order. Like, stop. Like, do they, every challenge is a comedy challenge. Yeah. There's like, no, do I wish that they would move away from that? Do I wish that they would have like actual dramatic scenes where drag queens are able to really stretch their their craft and really work on different aspects of, of that's art? what you're most likely going to get booked. Yeah, like like where did Willem get her start on fucking nip getting tuck, murdered and getting thrown murdered in a river. and thrown in a river on fucking Boston Legal? Like yeah, like. Her stuff from Nip Tuck was riveting television. Yeah. Like, it graphically, visual scenes, like, scenes that were, like, tugging at the trans experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you ever watched Nip Tuck. Here and there. Like, she played a pre-op uh, trans, trans woman. woman and got hate crimed with someone else that was or they were kidnapped together, like the main character's son or something, Mm -hmm. and her were kidnapped together. Like, she was forced to remove her man bits. Right. By hand, with just a random knife, Mm. at gunpoint. And, like... Real real light stuff. (laughs) It was... But it was... It was good. It was compelling television. It was gut-wrenching and heart-wrenching. That's the shit that we want to see from queer actors. Like, if we want to move away from, you know, jokey-jokey, you know, queer representation as the only thing that we have, then Drag Race needs to do that as well. Yeah, I agree. Um. I thought Jimbo did well as the forensic examiner. Fucking hilarious. He had the little bit with the finger. Yeah. Which was fun. Um, Candy did okay. Kind of was, was fine. It, nothing stuck out to me particularly. Um, and then Lala, which it, like we were, we finished the scene and we were like, oh, so Lala's winning. So yeah. La, like clearly. Yeah. I mean, the role was like literally made for her. Yeah. It was like perfect. Like it did feel a little like, um, like, you know when the Oscars were, like, they award an actor or actress, but, like, not for the movie necessarily, but for their wide scale of work. But it's, oh, like, right, right, the movie right. wasn't the, like, it really wasn't the best movie in the category. The movie was the excuse to give them the Oscar. Right. Kind of like a Jamie Lee Curtis in uh-huh. a sense. Um, but, like, this felt the case for Lala. Lala should have won last week on just performance. Yeah. But, like, you know, she stood out the most in this challenge. So yeah. I thought it was fair. I, I do think that they got the bottom two wrong. I agree. I think Candy should have been down there. But we differ. You said it should be Candy and Kahana. Yes. I kind of thought it should have been Candy and Alexis. I disagree. I think Alexis's runway would have saved her. Sure. Uh, Speaking of, let's get to runway. So uh, we go to the main stage. Also, the guest judge is Javicia Leslie, who you, she's in Star Wars. 
some she's no, she's in um uh Oh god, I can pull up the Yeah, I remember she was in something and she's I recognized in, uh, the her. Flash. Okay, yeah. Why does it say Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know. know. You know, all of these random fantasy things, they're all the same. Well, no, it's because you reacted when you heard where she was from. And I'm not, you're more into, you're more. Yeah, but I've barely slept since then. So my brain is not remembering. So anyway. Yeah. So the category for the runway is Miss Miss Fill in in the Blank. blank. So Jessica (laughs) Wilde was Miss Sausage Party. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, So can, can we talk broadly about. Oh, Yes. Because you liked this category more than I did. I did not necessarily like the category, but for me, it is clearly meant to be a pageant look. Right. Three of the queens did that. Three of the queens did not. Yeah. One of the three that did not still gave an acceptable look. Mm -hmm. The other two were awful, one of which was Lala, and she won the challenge. For me... That should have disqualified her. That look was awful. And see, for me, I don't think it was. Mm, I, I was, feel like if you bomb on the runway, you can't win. The but challenge. I don't think I don't think she bombed on the runway. I do. My thing is that wasn't a pageant look. Well, that's the thing, though. Like that's why I didn't like the category. Is because it's like okay, but that's kind of boring because it's like all little samey. But it's not. Look. There's options. Can Look I, at what Alexis did. Sure. Can like, I, she fucking was out there with a fucking fisting glove on and the fucking, like, red hanky coat thing and a piss-soaked jock strap. Not a lot of piss humor. I mean, like, like that outright piss humor on Drag Race. I mean, I don't even think that it was necessarily piss. I think it was supposed to be a sweaty jock strap. Because it mm. kind of turns yellow, like, when it... Anyway. Um, but... That's kind of more the direction I think she was going. And they all went with piss because they couldn't talk about fisting. Can you not talk about fisting on Drag Race? I don't know. I think they were skirting. They've made fisting jokes on Drag Race before. Sure, maybe one. Or like, you know, interspersed. But if they were going to do a whole 30 seconds concentrated fisting jokes. Yeah. You know. Like, the most that they were allowed to do was fucking Carson going, let me look up that kinky code before I make a comment here. Yeah, My thing was, like, I also got, when I heard the category, I misheard it, and I thought that they were doing what they did on All-Stars 7. Yeah, last All-Stars with the before and after category. When they did the Wheel of Fortune episode where it was the, like, like where you have the, the two things mashed together into one... Oh. Like, for some reason that's what I thought it was And then when it started coming out I was like okay that's not as fun Yeah Like I I, I don't know I I thought like so to go through it, the, Jessica Wilde I agree was fine Yeah but, I mean it was like the, the gown was fine I thought that the The things that made her Little Miss what was it sausage party Yeah um, Were chintzy you know, they were real cheap and look like Jessica doesn't really go like, like in the con in, in her beauty look, she goes all out in that. But in the comedy look, like the egg look, like it mm-hmm. was a little uh spirit Halloween, yeah. Like, so um, Kahana did miss tired old showgirl, tired which, ass showgirl, 
Oh, tired ass shit. Girl. I don't know why I said <laughs> how tired. Dare you call her, how dare you call her old? Look, I wrote the wrong thing. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> then Lala Reed did. Oh, so tired ass showgirl. It was a showgirl look. Glittery Fine. gold or glittery green. It's Kahana, whatever. Yeah. Um, Lala Reed did Miss Bootlegger, and it didn't. It, this was one of the awful looks because it looked nothing like a pageant look. You would not wear this in a pageant. Sure. Um. Candy did Miss Arrogant, which was, I get what you were talking about. It was about. a reference to her untucked fight with Tamisha. Right. Great. Do that in a pageant look. You can reference that and give us pageant. What? But, but now that I think about it, wasn't hers a little like child pageant in the cut of the, of the dress, at least? Maybe not the hair. If you wanted to do that, you needed to very, very closely resemble in the style of makeup and hair and all of that stuff what Jimbo did on Snatch Game. It has to clearly be little girl. Yeah. Little girl. (laughs) We went two different ways. (laughs) What did you go to? You went to Miriam Cosby. (laughs) And for some reason in my head, it's the Katya, uh, little girl. (laughs) Whatever the movie she's referencing in that. We went two different ways with that. I love that. Um, Normally, then, we both go the Mary Cosby way. Actually. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the, we had the Alexis look, Miss Man Pig that we talked about already. Yeah. And then Jimbo did Miss Tits McGee, which was also a, it was clownish, but it was a pageant look. Sure. So, like, fifth was it, category. Was it glamour? Because didn't she do a pageant look on her Canada season? The, the one where, like, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman was like, there is nothing glamorous about this. <laughs> right. Um, no, but it was giving very, um, what's that movie, uh, the camp, the real campy movie with the burning swan thing? Oh, 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 Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes, it was giving Drop Dead Gorgeous vibes, yeah. right? Very much that vein. But it was still pageant. Yeah. That was what I wanted. I wanted... I, and I'm sure that that's what production wanted too, but they didn't give them that. Right. Well, half of them didn't give them that. And one of them still did a glamorous look. So I'm like, fine. Yeah. Kahana. But like, there's no excuse for Lala or, uh, or Candy's looks. Those don't fit on this runway. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Come at, come at him, internet. Um, um, so Lala ends up winning the challenge. Um, like we said, it was kind of like a, like I would have, you, you should have won last week. We'll give it to you this I week. I would have given it to Jimbo because she had a good runway and she was almost just as good as Lala in the challenge. Sure. Um, the bottom two were Kahana and Alexis. And for me, it's like, I thought even not even just like performance. I thought their critiques were worse for candy. Like objectively worse. Like yeah. they were very hard on Candy in the critiques, and then they were like, "You're safe." At least, <laughs> at le- look, Candy gave nothing. The fucking lollipop, great, fine. You get like best prop of the week, I guess. But like, but what was the lollipop? Like she sucked on a lollipop a couple times, and they're like, "Wow, that was great." But like Alexis, at least gave us a thought out character. Yeah. But like, but they praise Kahana a lot. I, I thought they praised Kahana a good bit of like, yeah. I mean, it started rough in the beginning, but then you got there and then like, this is beautiful. Like it was kind of Kahana's aha moment. And then they were like, you go in the bottom. Yeah. 
it, it was, was trash. Yeah, it was kind of crazy to me. Now, now that we're talking through it, I really hate this episode. It, it, thank you. Okay, I'm can, I got real, you there. Real quick, could we talk about um, fame game looks? Uh, Monica Beverly Hills did Miss Sunlight in the on the skin. I I thought that looked good. It looked like um, it was very Tina Turner. It was very um, uh, the Bob Mackie look uh-huh. that um, the old RuPaul one that Lux wore on right. season fifteen. It was very much that in that vein. Um, it was a reference to her character from season five. The one where she got eliminated. Uh-huh. The, yeah. That barnyard sketch thing, right? Because she was in yes. the same scene with... Uh, um, Alaska. With Alaska and with um, Texas. Alyssa Edwards. Alyssa Edwards, because that's what she goes, about some shade. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that look. Um, but anyway, uh, then Nasha Lopez did Miss Shady Lady. This Again, it was a very pageant. Pretty. It was very much a pageant look. Yeah. Um, it was all the black parts were um, sunglasses. She said it was completely made out of sunglasses. I call BS on no, that. No, I mean, that's, there's literally fabric, but... Um, <laughs> sorry uh, this is giving very much hair challenge yeah. from, like words matter <laughs> like, it's like uh, somebody call shangela there's some there's some uh backing oh, lace in here oh oh is that tool <laughs> um you and, made fabric out of hair <laughs> <laughs> and then uh kasha davis uh did miss senior center oh wait it's actually miss ariana grandma yeah, you again, not really a pageant look. Not really a pageant look, but, but I mean, but at least very, the Ariana Grandma was interesting. And something I would have never expected Kasha in. Like a, right. Like a bodysuit, like, like a leotard. Uh, like, yeah, it, and it honestly, it kind of did look like Ariana Grande. Yeah. It, it was, was well done. Um, Darian did Misshapen, which was like this avant garde, weird, white. Not my thing. Favorite. Didn't she? Did, wasn't this her milk look? Didn't she have a milk look that was like real similar to this? Uh, yes. Um, also for me, it was very much the. Um, did you ever watch Adventure Time? No. There was like a lumpy cloud princess or something. Okay, I think that, I heard of that. It, it was giving that vibe. Okay. Um, and then James Mansfield did Miss Queen of the Ring, which very which well done. I really loved it. It was it was um a reference to um it was essentially Ric Flair. Ric Flair, yes. Um, his and and obviously because Charlotte has the same like look when she's entering or her entrance coat is the same sort of feathered it's, I mean, coat it, thing. It's, it was closest to Ric Flair, but it was very much any wrestler from the eighties. Uh, pretty much. It's like, that dressing gown with the feathers. Like we've all seen it. It's yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I thought that there were good looks there. Um, who are you thinking right now for, for fame games? Part of, mm, it's hard to, t- I mean, who I think is going to get it or do I, who I would cast my vote for right now. I'm leaning like, I'm leaning towards like Kasha. Honestly. Like, yeah. like I think it's done some different looks. I think has done some like things I wouldn't necessarily. But I mean, you also have her. to keep in mind the things that they did when they were still on the show. I think, right. I think James is still like high Kahana, up there in the running. Kahana might get it simply from, mm-hmm. simply from the production value, even if they aren't necessarily always, unique looks yeah um 
they all look good. Like, she doesn't come out there looking busted ever, and I can't say that about everybody on that Fame Games list. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Um, um, but let's go to the lip sync. So, we had the lip sync assassin as George's, who was... I'll just say it. Was George's on Ozempic? Because like, <laughs> is everyone on Ozempic? I now? know. Every, every time I'm just like Ozempic. Um, but like, <laughs> um, but like she. Lo- I know she's tiny, but she looked tinier than on her season, and it wasn't that long ago from the time they were filming this. Yeah, like she looked skinty. Well, and she looked shorter somehow. Yeah, she. I mean, she looked great. Like I'll say that. Um, and then her and Lala lip sync to about damn time by Lizzo. This was a great lip great sync. Song. We literally like sung the whole song. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. Um, like, but this was very, and Georgia's did well. I'm glad she did the TikTok dance. I'm glad like she didn't punch any ghost, not nary a ghost was on that stage. And I was disappointed. No ghost punching. Um, but La, La, this was Lala's song and she, yeah. she did a great job with it. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, good, well-deserved win by Lala. She wins it and uh, gets $10,000. Uh, and then they uh, reveal who is eliminated and Kahana goes home. And Lala seemed to have taken it really personally. Obviously, uh, her yeah. and Kahana were close. Um, but the right decision yeah. in that moment, I would say. Um, that was the episode. We're down to final five. Um, yeah, not... My favorite episode. I, I want to see how this finishes in the tail end. Yeah. Season, but like kind of dipped a little bit. From- yeah. And I, I'm just frustrated that in this format, production is still heavy handedly influencing things. Right. I mean, I get it. They don't want another Pangina situation. Mm-hmm. But like, then don't give the queens the power to send people home. Yeah. Like, if that's not what you want, if you don't want them to send home the competition, then don't let them send home the competition. Yeah. <laughs> like real simple guys. Like not that difficult. Um, but yeah, that was drag race for this week. Um, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break though. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the newest episode of real housewives of Atlanta. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and you know, I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On a wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 
100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay in His MB. It is time to get Gucci in Atlanta. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, so this, yeah, this episode of Atlanta, the producer shenanigans were a little scaled back this episode. They kind of let everyone dig their own grave. Kind of. For the most part. There was a couple of times where I wish they would have stepped in on certain people. But, you know, what can it's you do? Just, it's so confusing how, like, it's like. There's a different person in charge for each episode almost. Mm. And it, because you would think it would be consistent throughout the season. Yeah. But it's jarring how different these episodes are in the way that production is treating them. Like, I just don't get it. Like, production across the board this week has not been great so far. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, we start though in the episode with Drew as she goes to lunch with her music video director Rage. That's his name. Um, and he okay. he looks like a he really looks like a rage. <laughs> like this like older white guy that's like I mean, take a look around. Who's uh, the people raging all the time? Well, um, but apparently her, him and Drew go way back. Um, they start, like in since like 2008, I think they said, and like Drew's like, yeah, my early stuff like when I was in Step Up, and Rage was like, what is Step Up? Bruh, how? Bruh, they've made how many Step Ups now? Eighty-seven and a half. Yeah, and she, but Drew's like, but I was in the original, so there's that. Um, so they're they're talking about sort of getting this stuff together for the music video for Already Know. Uh, Drew, of course, wants some of her girls to be part of the video because it's Housewives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, we you don't got- do a music video without the entire cast in the background. Yeah. Um, Drew talks about how, you know, sort of like talking to him about what her music inspiration is and about how it's a lot of her lyrics are about like how marriage can be hard and sort of exploring the sexual side of marriage. Uh, oh my god drew makes a comment about how because he i think uh he asked like how long have you guys been together and drew's like we're going on eight years and rage rage goes if you can make it past that eighth year you guys are going to be good bum, bum, bum. whoops that's the fault you just could have <laughs> waited like if you just waited a couple more months to file the um the divorce papers yeah, Whoops. you, you would have made it. <laughs> um, Rage. Then Rage is also talking about like, okay, so we're going to have this. Basically, it's like sexy, like sort of like you and your husband in the video. Mm-hmm. But he's like, so just I'm just concerned. Is Ralph ripped enough and in good enough shape? Because we're going to be doing shirtless scenes. And if not, we might want to recast him with another person, which like. Number one, they didn't need to do Ralph like that. But I mean, I'm not a Ralph fan, but like, they didn't need to be rude like that. Number one, he looked good. He's fine. Um, but even if that wasn't the case, my man could have worn a, a tank top. Yeah, you were saying like just he, wear a wife beater and like it's fine. Like, yeah, like 
it would have looked good. Yeah, it, it would have been fine. And but it's like, why would like we know Drew on this television show as well? Like we know, like so, like you would think you would want the husband in there. I mean, in fairness, I wouldn't want Ralph in there now, knowing what the situation is now. Well, and see, my conspiracy theory brain because later uh, in the episode. Um, they show up to the shoot and Ralph just shows up, mm-hmm. right? Just happenstance um, shows up. And then they're like, oh, by the way, the person that we booked to play her husband in the music video double booked because he thought it was next week somehow. Yeah. Um, so we'd love for you to fill in. My conspiracy theory brain says they didn't want him to be in the video. Because they already knew they were about to get divorced. <laughs> they already knew. They already knew. Um, <laughs> what is and, happening today? <laughs> um, so they they already knew they were going to get the divorce. So they were like, let's not be putting him in this awkward video, right? Right. And then they couldn't get the other guy. And they were like, shit. So I guess... So I guess we have to have him in the music video. Just superimpose someone else's face on it afterwards. It's fine. I mean, they can do that shit, right? They de-aged Harrison Ford to play (laughs) in this new uh, Indiana Jones, and it's convincing. The technology is there. The technology, well, maybe Bravo may not have that technology. (laughs) They're not Disney. Get the person who drew uh, the Karen sketch on (laughs) Pretend. That'll work out great. Um, but Drew basically is like, you know, I just got to do what's best for my career and, you know, put the success of the video first, you know, especially if Ralph's taking like the back seat that he said he was going to be taking. Um, we go to, uh, Sonia and Sheree are doing cryotherapy together. Um, so, uh, it's a fun enough scene of like, you know, Sheree's twerking in the cryotherapy chamber thing or whatever. It's fun enough. Um, yeah, I'm just tired of like every housewives having a cryotherapy scene at least once a season at this point yeah yeah it's exhausting and then we find out so sonia's like oh my god i saw that rihanna said in that interview that she loves she buys charade and they're like oh my god i was so excited and she's like i was really excited seeing you know my my girl rihanna uh support me even after candy talks so much shit and it's like I was it Candy or somebody else? I can't remember. It was like also were we sure she wasn't just saying she had walked by her friend whose name Sheree? <laughs> she walked by Sheree. She oh you know where's she at? Oh she by Sheree. She over there. Yeah, maybe but, that's what it was. But like, I agree with whoever it was that was like, and sh- this is why Sheree is not a good business person. It's uh-uh. like to me, I would. And as soon as I see that, send Rihanna a PR package. Wait, is this the reason she's not a good business person? Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not the 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 quality of the products and that, the quality of the the uh, website and the well, fact can, that it took her how many years to get this line out and the <laughs> but you can fake it and the fact that she's selling two hundred dollar like sweatshirts like what the fuck? Hey, if Isaac Mizrahi can say like on watch happens live was just like if she's selling $200 sweatshirts then if people are buying it then you know then people it should be are buying it but they're not getting the quality that they're paying for you, she doesn't even iron them as we saw earlier in the season like I, she won't pay the extra couple 
sense to have people steam them before folding them and putting them in a pack. Like, I just, I can't. Yeah. It's, it's so bad. Um, Sonya tells her that business has been really popping for Ross over in Austin. So it's, but also the turmoil of them not being able to plan, like having a baby and stuff like that. And then they start discussing what happened to beat the bomb, right? Okay. So, <laughs> also, <laughs> can we talk about how that's an awful name? Yeah. Beat the bomb is just a bad it's a bad I, business name. But it's also there's a it's a it's in a square. I keep wanting to say beat the box. <laughs> Which Dude, that's dirty. No, but because <laughs> it, it's like almost an escape room, but not yeah, what exactly is this place? I don't, ugh. Courtney. <laughs> this I'd is rather Courtney's it be fault. called Paint by Numbers or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, and so Sonya's like, you know, I understood why Candy left after all that stuff happened, but I'm, I don't understand why everyone else left. And again, it's all this tying of like that, like Kenya and Drew are just like minions of candies that are, it's like, Sonya, the reason Candy and Drew and, or reason Kenya and Drew and Manetta left is because they also don't like Marlo. Like, I don't think that they, like, they don't understand that all of these women have taken a measure of Marlo's character. Like, literally. And have found her wanting. Like, they're acting as if, like, they're all, like, backing up Candy, right? And this is all what it is. But it's like, you're then forgetting that Marlo kicked down Kenya's door when Brooklyn was sleeping, yelled in Drew's face, slammed a door in Monetta's face. Right. This isn't about candy. These are, but like, even if that other stuff had happened, if I'm looking at this situation objectively, I'm also not staying there because I'm not going to then spend time with someone who has just treated my friend over here like shit. Like shit. I'm not doing it well, because it's not about me taking sides. It is about me looking at a situation and going, you are not, you do not have the character of, of like, you don't have to have the strength of character to be a person that I want to spend time with. So I am leaving. I'm not leaving with candy. Yeah. I'm not leaving because I'm going to go spend time with her instead of you. I'm leaving because you do not have the caliber of character to deserve my time and attention. Yeah. That's the narrative though of Sonya this season, which is just like being friends with everyone at the expense of any like moral backing or understanding or like values in terms of like how you, how, other people should be treated or treat other people. Like that's the frustration that, you know, I think they're trying to get at Sanya and she just doesn't want to have that conversation. Sanya's like, it just starts to feel like the group is divided. And Sheree's like, you know, yeah, I don't like that because like I get along with everybody for the most part. And Sanya goes, me too. And I'm like, that's the problem. How? How do you look at a person that treats people like that and then get along with them? But that's the thing. Like if you're, it's like, philosophy of like if you're friends with everyone you're friends with no one it's that same sort of mentality where it's like like if you're gonna keep ignoring this shit out of the idea of that you're just wanting to be friendly with anyone everyone eventually either you're gonna have to pick a side or a side's gonna get picked for you i'm i'm prefacing this with i am not calling marlo these things Mm -hmm. okay i'm making an analogy (laughs) oh that goes great on housewives so take this with a grain of salt. It's like when you're playing with your dog. If, <laughs> no. if you are friends with fascists, 
Mm. You are a fascist. Period. End of story. Right. If you do not say, I am not a fascist and I am no longer going to associate with fascists, you are, my dear, a fascist. Right. So, it, and I, again, not calling Marlowe a fascist, but the same principle applies. If you align yourself with people who treat other people poorly, you might as well have done it yourself exactly. because I am also not spending time with you because your moral judgment of character is also lacking. And the crazy thing, though, is that Sonya's still in this position as the episodes are airing. Like, even when she was on Watch What Happens Live recently, like, she was still doing the same bullshit. And I'm like, you've watched the scenes that you weren't in yeah. with that, that Marlo was in. Yeah. And you're still on like, her side? Like, you're still watching how she... I could give you the benefit of the doubt that you weren't there and saw certain things, but, but now... But, like, you saw the way that she, like, made Drew bend over backwards to not be basically headbutt by her. You're see, you see the stuff she said about Candy and about, you know... Uh, where she is lying to you and saying, I wasn't linking it. I wasn't blaming candy for my nephew's death. And then you watch back the earlier scenes and you can see, yeah, she absolutely was before and after. Cause she was also doing it in confessionals. Yeah. So, um, and so Saray's like, okay, so I'm going to organizing this, make sure we're Gucci brunch. And she thinks it's such a good idea. <laughs> Which Candy pointed out like, what? Why he ain't Gucci? But, Stop. But also, Candy said, "Why not do a she by Sheree brunch? Like, why not promote your brand instead of a fucking multi-million-dollar brand that has nothing to do with you?" Because there's not a, a large enough variety of products, and they don't all have their hands on the products to be able to wear an entire outfit made out of she by Sheree. Just slap a sticker on it with the logo. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Sonia says, "You well, know, but she'd make them buy those stickers." There we go. <laughs> Sonia said that she's going to talk to Candy, right? And she, she's like, I, you know, I think that where it went wrong is like can, how Candy received the message from Kenya and Drew. You know, they it was it's clear to me that like what because what I think about Marlo's feelings are valid. So Drew and Kenya must have put some hot sauce on the message when they gave it to Candy. Two things: one, no, they didn't. Clearly, when you watch the episode. Two, even like you don't even have to assess that. Because Marlo and Candy talked at Beat the Bomb. And Candy reacted the way she did to what Marlo was saying. Yeah. You were, like, it's not like a third. Candy didn't just hear. Ken, Kenya didn't just tell Candy something. And Candy went running in and trying to fight Marlo. They had a conversation. What Marlo was saying was fucking bullshit and antagonistic. Uh -huh. And Candy was fucking done with it. Yep. So it had nothing to do with Drew and Kenya. Absolutely nothing. Like, like just think a little bit. Like, just uh, rub those two brain cells together. You I know, know you got them. Um, Marlo is going to dinner uh, with Courtney, and before Courtney, this annoyed the fuck out of me. It's so minor, but I don't know why. Marlo tells the waitress, "Can you make them put the margaritas in like wine glasses?" To be like, you know, something, you know, fancy. She's such a fucking Karen. Uh, I like, I, like, I'm sure the wait staff is just like, oh, fucking fine, whatever. Like, it's like, 
but it's all this like presentation of bouginess and like yeah, sort of like she's so fucking fake. Or it's like why? But like what makes putting a margarita in a wine glass, which also by the way with the like a rim over a wine, it just seems weird to me. It was real dumb. But we'll get to it later also with the looks uh, in at the brunch, which like. Mm-hmm. Marlo's, well, I have opinions. Yeah, Marlo's bouginess is is so knows no fake. bounds. Yeah, and well, it's fake. Yeah. Um, Marlo tells Courtney that Ty and Justin hooked her up on a blind date, um, and so she's excited about that. Um, and Marlo thanks Courtney for introducing her to the person that's helping her to expunge her record. In that, Marlo goes because none of these girls have done that, and they don't owe it to you. Have next. you? But also, even if they don't, like, have you mentioned it before? This seems to be the first you mentioned wanting to get your record expunged. Yeah. So are we supposed to just have telekinesis? Not well, telekinesis. Well, what it is is she wants to expunge the record so that she can no longer have it used against her. <laughs> That's what it is. The slash still happens, sweetheart. Like, it doesn't erase the fact. Yeah. It does not erase the history. Mm. Um, as this is, as they're having dinner, we got over to Candy and Sonia who are having dinner as well at OLG. Uh, there was a cute moment where Sonia said that Candy looked like Blaze because, uh, she had like the way her hair was like done up in that. And they did a side by side. It's uncanny. Yeah. I loved Candy in this scene. Candy was so fucking like, it's one thing for her to be fed up with Marlo because Marlo's just an idiot, but I am so glad that she was fucking fed up with Sonya as well. Oh yeah. Candy starts and goes, you know, I just went and, you know, I went to the red carpet for the opening of the piano lesson. And, you know, I just had one of those moments. I was just like, wow, like this is where I'm at. And then she goes, and then I had to come back and hang out with y'all asses. <laughs> Um, Candy says that Candy basically tells Sonya, I feel like you ride the fence sometimes. Like, and she does clearly Sonya's like, you know, I don't want you guys to feel like I'm not a good friend just because I'm friends with Marlo. It's like, and you're not, but like Candy goes, Candy says it here. She's like, it's the times when you're playing down what she did. That's when it annoys me. You could be Marlo's friend. You could try to advocate for Marlo in moments and, you know, you know, be her ally in certain things. But you, again, if you're wanting to be friends with both of us, you need to tell the truth as it's, as is, is the truth. Yeah. You can't like. Because what ends up happening is Sonia says she's, well, she denies that she's writing both sides, but really what she's doing is writing for Marlo and then talking nice to Candy's face. Really? And that's because she's not even writing both sides. She is squarely sided against. Because when has she ever advocated for Candy in this situation of Marlo? She's always talking to Candy how she's being ridiculous, how she's being overreactive, how she is doing all the wrong things, and never pointing out how fucked up Marlo has been in this situation. And it's not just with Marlo, the Courtney, she did with the Courtney stuff too. Like, when has she ever gone to Courtney and be like, that wasn't right, in res- in, even in retrospect, even if she didn't say in the moment, that wasn't right what you said about Candy bringing ghetto people to... Right. Instead, she laughed at it. Yeah. Instead, she, she encouraged the fucking fucked up joke. Yeah. And, and it's not been even addressed. Like, well, it's been addressed, but like... Tangentially, it's not even been directly like, fuck you, like, this is not okay. Yeah. Candy asked Sonya, uh, like, she straight up was like, you don't see the pattern? <laughs> like, 
Is the math not math? And basically, what's not clicking? <laughs> um, and Sonia's like, look, what went back to me was not what was said to you. What, what to your, uh, you know, uh, like what basically I was told from Marlo was clearly not what you uh, were told. And Candy makes a face like, really, like it's what what was told to you differently. Let's be real. Candy is so good at like not letting the. Uh, not hiding the scrutiny from her face. Yeah. Her face does not lie. She really can just give you a look and you, you know exactly the words that are running through her head. Mm-hmm. We go back to Marlon. And it's usually this bitch. <laughs> we go back to Marlo and Courtney and Courtney asks Courtney at least asked Marlo a question that's like actually piercing. And it's like, why didn't you address any of the hurt with candy before? Mm-hmm. And Marlo goes, I hadn't seen her. Bullshit. Where was the flashback? This again, this is it's not true. <laughs> like it, also, even it's if been it, two years. Even if it was it's been two years. And also, even in the time in between, whatever, you could have called her. Uh-huh. At any point. Whatever. Candy says that you but and then we go back to Candy and Sonya, and Candy gets emotional and starts crying of like talking about what we were like, she's not the most sentimental friend. You know, that's not her that's not her vibe when that shit happens because of her when she lost her brother, which is what she told Marlo at the time that she when her her brother died at 15. Like it's like I she's like, I'm the person to lift you up. Like, let me get your bag. Let, let me help you get your bag. Let me you know, let's let's do this. Let's do you know, whatever. But I'm not the shoulder to cry on emotional support person. I am not that person. I I had opinions on that, and um, mainly that that's an unhealthy way to go through life. Sure. Um, I really do think that Candy needs to handle that because it's clearly clear that she has never dealt with those emotions. Right. Um, And it's also clear after hearing her talk about it that that's why she stays busy because it keeps her from having to deal with with negative emotions. Yeah, that's a good point. She pours herself into another project, another, you know, show, another album, another whatever she's doing. Right. And another restaurant. And it's just, girl. Yeah. It, you need to handle some of this shit because you are teaching your kids that they need to bottle that shit up and, and just never work handle it. it. Yeah, it, no, you're right. It is unhealthy. It's, you know. But none of that is an excuse. But also, not, not only is none of it an excuse, but it also le- it, it reiterates also what Candy was saying last season, too, which is like, she has had Marlo's back. She yeah. literally has gotten Marlo jobs. She has tried to push Marlo's career further, you know, when she didn't have housewives and all. Like, she has tried to help Marlo in multiple different facets. So for then Marlo to then go and say, well, you didn't send flowers and you didn't. Fuck you. Like, as Candy aptly says later, man, fuck her flowers. Fuck your flowers. <laughs> And then this was great. Sonia's like, look, I just want things to get back, you know, better. The group is completely divided. And then Candy goes, because everybody else sees she's a fool, but you want to go around and keep playing with her. Yeah. Yeah. That part. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Sonia. That part. (laughs) Yeah. Marlo's saying like, oh, I can't keep kissing ass. I can't apologize anymore. When did you apologize? When did you ever kiss ass? (laughs) Carol, come on. Marlo says that Candy is as ignorant as Scooter Brown. 
I don't know what that means. I mean, I've heard the name Scooter Brown before, but I don't know anything really about it. So no, yeah. It, to be fair, I also didn't Google it. I could have. I yeah. didn't. Um, Marlo, Marlo tells Courtney, okay, so you're going to the Gucci uh, brunch and stuff like that. And Courtney, Courtney's like, yeah, I got Gucci all set up. And Marlo's like, well, if you need Gucci, come to lay archive. And I'll, uh, it's like, one, she just said she has it. Two, cheapest plug for lay archive I've ever fucking seen. Like, number three, you ain't got shit in there that anybody wants to wear. Yeah. Um, Sonya's reading Sheree's invite that she sent to every uh, everyone, and like more like lay bootleg. Yeah, throughout the years of laughs and tears and making memories for the books, some friendships may fade after too much shade, but we always got our looks. Come on, Doctor Seuss, put on your best, and I'll do the rest. Just don't be a sour coochie. Join me for drinks and few sausage links. Let's all be Gucci. <laughs> Fuck. This she is, needed to work on her rhythm there um, with some of that because the syllables weren't matching up. Yeah. But, you know, it's not a not an awful first attempt. Mm. Sonya says, we just want everyone to be Gucci. And Candy goes, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Candy goes, Candy says, I'm like T.I. If you see me in these streets, shoddy, you don't know me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go to Drew practicing for her music video, and uh, Richie Jackson is doing the choreography. Who's done like Gaga stuff and like, like did like the Rain on Me choreography mm-hmm. and all. Like, yeah, he as immediately I recognize him. I'm like, I was like, okay, you actually got somebody like serious for this. Like, okay, this isn't just some housewives thing. Um, uh, Drew told basically told Ralph originally about not being in the video and we see a flashback and he's basically like, does there have to be a man at all in it? Like, so it's like, okay. Like now it's like, okay, another man can't like, mm-hmm. Oh, but you can have other women. Uh, oh, we're not going to talk about Tampa. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring up Tampa again. Um, you were not, so you were saying, cause, cause you mentioned Ralph comes in, right? Uh-huh. For the thing you had noted when we were watching it and pointed out something that I didn't recognize. Whoever's like the female assistant. Oh yes. Like whisper something to rage. And starts laughing. It's like, like she turns her back to him as he's walking in and kind of slyly is like right in front of rage to the side, leans her head slightly to rage, whispers something and then starts laughing and like walks away. And it's so clear. She's talking about Ralph. Clearly she's talking about Ralph. I wanted to know what that was. I want to know exactly what that was. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned before, the, the base, they tell him the guy, the, the original guy got double booked, so Ralph can now be in the video. They cut to Ralph's confessional, and the producer asks, how does it feel to be the backup plan? <laughs> and then he just stood there and stared at the producer. was like, man, don't do me like that. He goes, <laughs> that's a hard one, brother. <laughs> um, can I also say something about this confessional? I don't, this is like a minor, like, thing and it and it's really like you know superficial um but i'm gonna read into it because that's who i am um and i am not this really isn't sort of like a male versus woman thing i'm not trying to be like a i'm not trying to have like a whole like are you peter or are you patricia moment uh-huh but he we cut to the, his confessional and he's in this like re- bright red what looks almost like a Christmas sweater. It was bad. With just Givenchy written across the front. 
there's something about wearing like such a displayable label like that in a con- like again not to be like man shamey but it was like that's like something dorit would do i was literally just thinking dorit like that's like a housewife thing and to me to me i'm it's not like i'm i'm not trying to demasculine him but like it plays off of my feelings of ralph this season particularly and i feel like it's a lot this season where he comes off very thirsty. I've mentioned it before. Yeah. Like, he really loves the cameras. And, like, like when he was talking about, like, oh, at BravoCon, they were like, gaslight me. Gaslight me, Ralph. Like, he really loves I th- the attention. Again, I think they already knew they were going to get the divorce. Mm-hmm. And he was like, let me stay on this season so I can establish myself as a music producer. Mm-hmm. You know who he... And get back out there in the business so that when we are no longer partnered, I can get other gigs. I can bet words. We after the even if it's not on Housewives, bet words. I know. That was <laughs> I was like, what is that? I can bet money. That's what I meant to say. I can bet money that even if it's not on Housewives, we're going to see Ralph on reality TV after this divorce oh, yeah. with someone else. Who oh, yeah. Is a, like, even if it's like on a loving marriage or what, like, he's going to get with somebody else. Or, like, isn't there a loving hip hop in Atlanta? Probably. I think so. Like, he's going to, that's, he's going to get, he wants to be on reality TV a lot. It's giving a little um, Slade Smiley to me. Uh huh. Like, like a little, like, remember that reunion where Slade was just like, I mean, after Joe left the show, I made the decision to no longer be on Housewives. And Andy had to be like, because Joe wasn't a housewife anymore. You wouldn't, there was, there would have been there no was need not for a you to spot be on the, show. on the show for you. Like Ralph thinks he can have a spot on Atlanta yeah. even after. You're not Frank Catania, sir. Yeah. Look, Frank Catania came on the show already having been divorced from Dolores for years. Yeah. You ain't getting that spot. Yeah. Drew says, because, and then Drew starts doing the choreo and sort of like rubbing on Ralph and like the rehearsal. And Drew's like, you know, do Ralph and I have 99 problems? Yes. But chemistry isn't one of them. I think it is. Um, maybe not like the, like, again, I, I think like, this looks chemistry, looks like chemistry. Sexual chemistry? Perhaps it's pretty easy to though, have sexual chemistry when you're both attractive people. Yeah, like that's not the issue. Yeah, we go to Kenya, who goes to uh, her doctor's appointment with Doctor Thrasher um, to sort of discuss. So we find Kenya wants to discuss with her the possibility of her having another baby because she's like, I really want Brooklyn to have a playmate and like mm-hmm. someone to you know. Um, she had thought about adoption, but also has the still has embryos with Mark. So, but here's the thing: like she was saying, like because a lot of people were questioning afterwards too. It's like, why would you want Mark? Like, she's like, there are documents in our divorce stuff and all that stuff, and we have signed documents when we got married that basically said, with these embryos, if we were to uh, separate, then they would be mine. Right. So. But he would have no parental rights. He would have no um, influence on these children. She would be raising them or this new child alone. He would only be literally a sperm donor yeah, in that case. But my question is like with the divorce not being finalized and it being dragged out for as long as it's been dragged out now, I would want her to really look over those documents. Yes, I don't 
I think she's thinking that the divorce will be over soon, and this is something she wants to get started on. Sure. Like, because there's some preemptive things. There's, like, hormone shots you have to take if you're going to go through IVF, like, all of that. Yeah. So, um, like, she would maybe want to start down that road before the divorce goes through because time is running out, to be frank. Um, but also, like, with what her fertility doctor was saying, girl, you don't need to be doing this. Well, yeah, because she basically talks, We she goes into, like, the complications that she had when uh, she had Brooklyn. And her doctor was basically like, that was the scariest deliver, delivery I've ever been in, basically. Yeah. Like, was sh- the C-section should have lasted, like, 25 minutes and lasted two and a half hours. Yeah. And she was apparently bleeding so much that they thought they might lose her. Yeah. Like, it was apparently really, really fucking bad. Um, And she was also, like, she had, like, general fertility issues as well to where, like, she was depressed a lot of her pregnancy, she was mentioning, because she wasn't, she was worried that Brooklyn wouldn't be carried to term. Yeah. I mean, don't put, like, I get that Brooklyn was worth all of the stuff that you went through. Yeah. But you can get another child. Without going through all of that. Yeah. She said she's think she's like, I've thought about surrogacy, but like, I'm not really sure. Cause there's sort of like, it seems from an emotional standpoint of not yeah. carrying the child, but, but like modern um, medicine is in such a way where like, but also if the pregnancy was that hard for you, you should not be carrying the child anyway. Yeah. That's the thing. And like, yeah. even if the delivery wasn't as dangerous as it was, the pregnancy itself was not healthy for you. Right. So, no. And you're in such a good position where it's like you don't, like, you, because of your mentality, because Kenya's always had this mentality of, like, when she had Brooklyn, even if she had her when she, her and Mark were together, obviously, mm-hmm. but, like, she would have been fully happy just having a child by herself. Yeah. She always wanted to be a mother, first and foremost. Yeah. So... With with that understanding, it allows you more options. Yeah. You don't have to settle down with somebody. You don't have to, you know, you have the ability to sort of have go these different routes in order to still have what you want at the end of the day. Yeah. So why not take them? And with embryos that are already fertilized, I think you have more legal leverage then, because with a surrogate where they are using their own eggs, mm-hmm. that surrogate has parental rights until they give the they have. It's basically an adoption, right? So, but I think there's a different situation because it would be Kenya's egg. Um, I, I think there's a different legal situation, like where the the surrogate can't claim parental rights to this child and can't like right there can't decide. be any switcheroo bullshit. right there can't be like the switcheroo thing you can, like once the they sign like the, i don't think that they can have a an elected abortion either i think there's like a whole thing so like because you're going into it with that situation mm-hmm. it's safer it's more secure you don't have nearly the issues and a young woman who needs a leg up in the world can take that money that you pay her to be your surrogate yeah. and really establish herself. And you can then 
be supporting the next generation of black excellence. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Um, we go then to Sheree's Gucci brunch. She's organizing everything. Oh, she's, Lord. She's stressing about, out about the seating arrangements, right? That everyone's going to like, which to me also, it wasn't hard. Like, much like the reunion seat, it's like, okay, Sheree, you're claiming to be the middle person, right? So then you separate, your, like, if it's literally divided, then you put one divide on one side and one divide on the other. Also, the shade of not inviting Moneta to this. I was she not invited or was there some? I I hope there was some like something because like Moneta. Yeah, but to be I would there. I would think that they would have thought they would have mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but she's not a full housewife, so she's like not guaranteed to be at all of these things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Sheree says in her um, confessional, I'm so tired of these girls answering for each other and feeding off of each other. And I want to literally do, you know, the Candace meme from Potomac where she does the projection. And it's, uh-huh. this, it's like, this was such projection on Sheree's part. Yep. And, and Sonya does it as well later, which I'm just like, do you guys hear yourselves? My God. Drew's joking about that, you know, you know, I've, you know, I'm coming into this like open because, you know, the way I look at it, Marlo just needs a hug and she needs attention, which is a very condescending way to like say that. <laughs> like she just needs attention. She just needs to be babied because, you know, she's a literal child. According to Candy, her throat needs a hug. Yeah. <laughs> um, Candy sees the seating arrangements and Sheree's like, can you switch Marlo and Kenya? <laughs> Sonya's like, you don't want Marlo one seat away? No. No. Mm -mm. Uh, Kenya arrives and her bag, and so there's all this emphasis again with production too that the bag she has is Chanel. But she says she go- when she comes in, she's like, the rest of the outfit is Gucci. It's just not, I don't wear like logos like all over my body, et cetera. Also, who, who was it that was making a big deal about that? Of course, Marlo. It was Marlo, right? They, that came in looking like a New York City flasher. But they give Marlo also her whole fashion corner moment to like critique everyone's outfits. I'm like, bitch was not- wearing a coat with like fucking like like what like what were those glasses that were like made her look like a reptilian Catwoman? Yeah, it's like like what is this? It I, it was it was not great. Whoever was the guest on Watch What Happens Live for the episode say that Marlo looked the best. She. Again, it was a jacket. That is not an outfit. That yeah. is not how outfit works. You have like a dress or you have a top and like a skirt or pants. Like there is multiple ensemble pieces. This was not an ensemble because it was one thing and it was outerwear. Yeah. Where was the innerwear? Because later when she's in the parking lot and her jacket opens, her titty bout near fell out because she's not wearing anything underneath it. Yeah. It's just the jacket. You really, ma'am. Hate, you are a flasher. That is a thing, though. But you, I know you really hate the just the jacket as a dress. That's not a look. Yeah, that's a jacket. You take the jacket off and you have the look underneath it. Marlo in her confessional was like, she would got red on Drag Race. I'm just saying. Yeah, there's a difference between vintage and thrifted. That Gucci was thrifted. She says that Drew's looking like a Gucci handyman, which you pointed out later. That like, it's like okay, you're reading her for wearing her uh like her fanny, bag yeah. around her waist like a fanny pack and then walked in yourself with your bag around your waist like a fanny pack she says sheree looks like she's preparing for a deposition that was true um she said that candy looked like she's going bowling which i was like that actually did that but it was like a casual gucci look like she's not wanting to get turned up to go look or go sit at this restaurant no yeah yeah 
Um, so Sheree introduces the brunch and she starts I, getting I do want to mention mm-hmm. I thought Sonya looked the best. That white look. Yeah, I'll say that. With like the it was like a the bustier. The, yeah, but the the Gucci logo was like pressed into it. It was mm. like stamped. And yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like with ink. It was just like pressed in, like flattened. It it looked so chic. And I, I liked really her hair and it. makeup. It was so chic. Yeah. It was the chicest Gucci <laughs> I have ever seen. Oh, God. That's the one compliment I'll give you. <laughs> um, Sheree gets choked up at the table, like, which I was like, come on. <laughs> when in the uh, however many years you've been on this show, off and on the show and off and then back on the show, um, have you ever cried? Like th- for this. Like, like you Girl. cry. Yeah. Girl. You're not crying over this. Uh, she's like, it's just sad that they, they might know, as well just showed her with the visine bottle and be done with it. Yeah. She's like, it's sad that we can't talk and move past things. Kenya jokes that she has Jesus on speed dial because he's the only one that can fix it. Uh. That was a good moment. Sherry's like, I just suggest to everyone, like, we all just be better listeners and, and we try to hear people out. Bitch. I, this whole idea of like you're not listening to Marlo, you need to just listen to oh, Marlo. No, we we're heard listening. It. We're listening. We, we heard it. It was fucked up. I'm like my ears are clean. Like like they are fully you know no wax in these. I got, like, I got like I don't even need hearing aids, and I got hearing aids in turned all the way up. Yeah, I heard it crystal clear. Sheree starts with trying to mend things with Candy and Courtney and is like, you know, this was just a huge misunderstanding. And Courtney's like, I agree. You know, I'm open to seeing what happens. You know, I was really thankful that she came at least to my event and stuff like that. Candy says, like, I appreciate you coming out and checking on me afterwards. And he's like, you know, at the end of the day, like the original argument was just stupid. And she's like, I agree. Yeah, we can move forward. Okay. Again, this is uh, this is all going to back. I hate Courtney, but I can't wait. I really want Courtney to be at the reunion because Candy needs to confront her on those fucking comments mm-hmm. that she did not get a chance to see. Yeah. Um, okay. So then Sanya addresses her issues with Kenya and she starts and she kind of smiles in like the Sanya way. And Kenya goes, don't th- try to throw a smile in there. <laughs> Sanya basically says that she feels like she's been a consistent friend to her, but didn't appreciate being kicked out of the Birmingham trip. And Kenya's like, so to be honest, there is a level where I just don't trust you. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. finally, someone's saying it. Uh-huh. Finally, someone's saying it. And Kenya brings up, like, she says it around, like, she, it's like, can we not say Watch What Happens Live? But she says she was on Watch What Happens Live, and there was a question asked about. They can say BravoCon, but they can't say Watch What Happens Live. I'm so confused. Yeah. There was a question asked about Marlo saying that she had, Kenya had a fake booty. And, like. They're making this out as if, like, you know, she was mad about Sanya just simply saying, because the answer that Sanya gave was like, you know, when you hear Marlo say it and then you look at it and whatever, you know, you can think a certain way, but I don't know if she has a fake booty. But that, like, and she's like, that's not something, like, Kenya's point wasn't you saying that you don't know if she has a fake booty. She wasn't just, it wasn't simply that she wanted you to say she doesn't have a fake booty. What she's saying, though, is that, like, you don't give me the same loyalty that you would give to Marlo. Because if a question like that was asked about Marlo, you would have just said, no, she doesn't have a fake booty. Even if you want to, like, the other thing about it that really 
pissed me off was like you could have easily dodged that question in a similar way but still be loyal to Kenya. Yeah, Kenya you literally says like I have 10 different ways that you could have answered that question. You could have literally said, you know, I don't know because I wasn't at any doctor consultation. I wasn't I I don't know about her medical history. Yeah. But what I do know is Kenya says that it's real, so I believe her because she is my friend. And number 2, why are we constantly con- commenting on women's bodies and like constantly scrutinizing their choices that they make? when it comes to whether or not they are happy with the body that they have. Like, it doesn't matter whether she got her butt lifted or whether she didn't, or if she went to the gym and earned that butt through sweat sweat equity, or if she, you know, is wearing, like, butt pads or whatever. I don't give a shit. If she's happy when she looks in the mirror, that's all that fucking matters. Right, but that's... But Kenya's point is, like, if you are saying that you are such a loyal friend to me, right... If, if you're just a loyal friend to everyone in the group, then the response needs to match. And like, you know, we've seen her across this season, even like being like, Kenya needs to work on that. Kenya needs to stop doing this. Drew needs to stop doing this. Candy needs to be more open in this stuff, but there's never even like a, like Marlo needs to communicate better. Marlo needs to do this better. Marlo. Need, there's none of that. Right. It's just advocating for Marlo. Yeah. And so that's the discrepancy. Yeah. And so that's why you just being like, oh, I'm everyone's friend isn't working for people. Yeah. Um, Sonia's like, I genuinely want to build a friendship with you. And Kenya's like, I just need to see how you move. We'll just see how, we'll just see how we are with each other and if you're worthy of that trust. And they kind of cast shaded on the fact that she said worthy. And Kenya's like, what? Did I say anything wrong? Like, that's what, like, I, and yeah. She it, hasn't earned it. Yeah, the, that She's not worthy of the trust because she hasn't earned it. And like, the only person that's arbiter, like, the arbiter of whether Kenya trusts Sonya or not is Kenya. Right. So that's her point. Sonya says that, you know, Kenya's always just like hot and cold. She, it's like, girl, the jury's out on your butt. I don't know if it's real or fake. Who cares? It's like, thank you in the confessional, Sonya, for reiterating Kenya's point. Right. Of how you like, you know, the jury's out. on. It's like, stop. Like, like. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Why? But and that's my point. Why is there a jury convened? Exactly. Why is it a discussion? If Kenya wants to go get any sort of plastic surgery, she has that right, and it's not our job to scrutinize it. Next. Yeah. Um, Sonia asked about Candy and Marlo, so Sonia's like, "Let's broach this." Marlo's like, "You know, I'm in a great place. You know, when we're together, I can respect people and get along. It's not that serious." girl okay i hate i think i said this before i hate when the aggressors of these fights are just like i'm fine it's not that serious you fucking started the fire you actually don't get to decide whether it's not that serious or not because you are the person that is causing the problem you are not the person who is in having this issue impact them and therefore you don't get to say it's not that serious. Yeah. And uh, my favorite part, every time Marlos talks, is just the cuts to Candy or Kenya or Drew just eye-rolling or just being mm-hmm. like, really? Marlo goes, you know, I just, I just wanted a different reaction from my friend of 10 years plus. That's it. I, I can't make someone like me that doesn't like me. Again, passive-aggressive, very, mm-hmm. like, you know. And then Kenya fires back and goes, you can't make someone like you if you're constantly attacking somebody. Yep. Like, Kenya's like, let's reframe this. You're not the victim. Like, you were the one on the attack. 
exactly. on the offensive. You're not going to act like everyone hates you. And that's and this was like your defensive response. Marlo says she, you know, I can be genuine with the group. And then Kenya then starts choking. <laughs> and, and, and Sheree starts give, trying to give her the highlight. And Sonia's like, Sheree, she's fa-. And she's like, oh, I know. <laughs> Sheree's always committed to a bit, though. Yeah. So, so she sees a bit. She'll jump in. And Kenya goes, sorry, it's just some bullshit that got stuck in my throat. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> Candy, Candy then goes, you are... Look, you are not genuine because at the end of the day, you would not appreciate your name being attached to a murder, which is Point clearly what you're. Period. Like, which is clearly what you're trying to do. Because that's the thing too. It's like trying. Like Marlo's now trying to make the distinction of like you know I I'm not trying. I never tried to link you to the shooting. Lie. It was just about my feelings about you know whatever. Lie. And it's like one. You have in private conversations that Candy hasn't seen, but Candy also knows this. Cut to that scene where she's blaming Candy and the culture of her restaurants for the continued violence, right. quote unquote. Right, but Candy hasn't seen that scene, right? Candy, right. Like, but you know how I know Candy knows that you've linked her to the re- to the shooting when at the city winery thing when Drew brings up the shooting. I t- I said it at the time. You could tell Candy was seeing Marlo constantly be like, "Are you talking about the shooting?" Are you talking about the shooting at Blaze? Oh, oh, Candy isn't going to talk about the shoot. Are you telling me Candy isn't going to talk about the shooting? She could, Candy could see her trying to make this a storyline. Yeah. Let, let's make one thing clear and two things certain. Candy is shrewd as fuck. She's been also been on this show for its entire run, basically. She can smell bullshit from about 20 miles away and you were in her face spewing it all over the place. So she wasn't going to miss that. Yeah. She knows what you're up to. She doesn't need to see the behind the scenes shit. Yeah. She knows. Speaking, speaking of what Marla's up to, Marla then goes, look, I didn't bring up the shooting. Drew did. <laughs> and Drew's face is like, oh, we're, what we're not going to do right now is now make it about that. I brought up the shooting, but and Absolutely not. And Candy goes, this is what I'm talking about. And Drew's like trying to wrap me up in your trigger. <laughs> Absolute bullshit. And then this is where Marlo starts complaining about like, no one's letting me talk. Look, I can't believe it. No one's letting me talk. Because honestly, nobody wants to hear what you have to say, Marlo. That's really what it comes down to. Like you've said so much already this season and we barely started. Like, I don't think anyone really fucks with you anymore. So, like, you can go home. Kenya's off in the corner playing, like, an invisible violin because it's literally just, like, the victim Marlowe. Yeah. And then Kenya Ken- Ken- going, the lies, the lies, the lies. So um, Marlo says uh, she didn't talk about her nephew, uh, but about Candy being a friend. And Kenya's just like, this is gaslighting at its best. And, uh, 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 Sheree says at one point we need to learn how to listen and Drew goes listen to bullshit yeah like we don't need to listen when it's like when it's not based in one reality or two like an honest argument and it's one thing if it's a difference of opinion on things yeah but you are outright outright lying like and everyone knows you're lying yeah and it's just it's so blatant at this point and like I'm so glad that Apparently, this is the kibosh has been put on this fucking stupid ass storyline. Right. 
Because I was already sick of it, like the second it started. Sheree in her confessional was like, Candy has her people speaking for her. Again, hold on to this thought for another, like three minutes from now. Um, Marlo leaves the table and Marlo goes, I'll have respect for everyone at this table. And Kenya goes, bitch, like I need your respect out of all the people here. Bottom rung bitch. <laughs> Sheree then chases Marlo, chases after Marlo out of the restaurant again. I'm sorry. After literally critiquing Kenya, Drew and Magneta for following Candy out of the beat, the bomb and mm-hmm. for like, and who's chasing after Marlo right now? Was it was it was it Candy? Please. Was, oh no, was it who was it? Oh, oh it was Sheree. Yeah. Okay. And what is it? Marlo in her confessional says something like, I thought I came here for a brunch, not for my crucifix but she can't say crucifixion. Yeah. She was saying crucifixion. There was like a yeah in there somewhere. Or I don't know. It was ooh. Yeah. Marlo's like Kenya is just too damn disrespectful, whatever. Crucifixion. Q like a cue ball. Cue ball. Crucifixion. Yeah, that R is important. Um, Candy says that Marlo acts out and then tries to blame someone for her trauma. Like, this is the common pattern with Marlo. And Drew c- turns to Courtney and goes, are you cool with all this with the Marlo stuff? And, Mar- and Courtney's like, look, I don't want to discuss it. I'm her friend. You know, I'm just here for... And it's like, but that's the point. Why? Like, you can't just... Like, with everyone else, you're willing to engage on the merits of anything that they're saying and critique it and analyze it. But with Marlo, you're not... Marlo, you're just a friend. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Kenya then makes the comment, the bitch sold her pussy for a bag. <laughs> I was like, holy <laughs> shit, Kenya. Sheree uh, and Marlo come back in, and Sheree basically asks Kenya, like, okay, you know, you know, Marlo and Candy want to just hash out their issues. Marlo doesn't want to talk to you, so can you just let them talk? And Kenya's like, that's fine. Like, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, Marlo says, it is, so th- it was not about my nephew, but it was about my family wondering, you know, why Candy didn't call? And at a certain point, I had to be like, she doesn't give a fuck. Um, the, uh, and then <laughs> as this is happening, Drew and Courtney then both like, we got to go to the restroom. We, I'm sorry. Like, we got to go. And Sheree goes, I thought I brought girls with stronger coochies. <laughs> and Candy is still is just like, you're full of shit. Like, like you know, done with Marlo. And then Sonia then starts trying to translate for Marlo as if Marlo is speaking like some foreign language. Wait, wait, who was it that speaks for, for other people? Yeah. Oh, who, who was that? I, I seem to remember it being a different person a few seconds ago, Right, but never mind. And Candy's done. And Candy goes, Sonia, I do not need you to be her lawyer today. Mm-hmm. And Sonia's like, I'm not being her lawyer. And Sonia starts getting loud with Candy. And I'm like, that's a mistake. Back it down, girl. I'm like, your voice needs to be two octaves lower, lower because you do not need to be yelling at Candy like that because it's ridiculous. Sonia's like, you know, you're focused on something that's not the issue. And this is where Candy goes, fuck her flowers. Um, Marlo then calls Candy a selfish spoiled privileged girl and you were immediately like how the fuck like what like how do any of those adjectives fit Candy it really did piss me off because like the entire time that Candy has been on this show and honestly you could argue from the moment that she joined escape back in the day yeah she has busted her ass to provide for her family 
She took her cousins in and raised them. She has made sacrifice after sacrifice and like put her own self on the back burner in order to make sure she is making every bag she possibly can. How dare you call her selfish? And privilege. And privilege when she has earned every fucking cent she's got. And had and nothing to start with. Like it wasn't like we said it before. It's not like Joyce had money. She's she wasn't loaded or anything. Also, to call her selfish when hmm, who was it that put her nephews out of the house because she just couldn't handle being a mother? It was just too much for her. Was that candy? I can't remember. <laughs> I just keep forgetting with all the bullshit getting spewed. I can't keep the facts straight. Oh, it was Marlo. Yeah. That's right. She's the one that walked out on children. Yeah. Because she couldn't handle being a mother. Well, guess what? When you're a fucking parent, you don't get to take days off. That's not how that fucking works. Right. From the moment that they come into your life, you are working. Until you die, pretty much. I mean, parents are always there in their children's life, period. From life to death. End of story. You don't get a day off. You don't get to walk away. You don't get to decide it's too much for you. Right. Especially not when they're still under 18. How fucking dare you say that Candy is selfish, that Candy is privileged, that Candy is a spoiled, entitled person. How fucking dare... This really fucking pissed me off. Yeah. And again... again, The hypocrisy is disgusting. It's crazy. And Sheree's like, well, we're going to leave it there. (laughs) She's like, we had some good movement. (laughs) She's like, I did a good job. (laughs) Like, I got uh, Candy and Courtney on the same page. Kenya and Sonya talk. That's four out of seven. That's more than half. I'm like, oh, God, Sheree. But that was the episode of Atlanta. A good episode. And like you mentioned, though, it did feel also like the end of the conversation was like, okay, so this nephew storyline is over. Yeah. Do your do your blind date. Do your Marlo goes out dating stuff. Literally, this is done. Like, we're not talking about this anymore because I'm not conceding in like the reality show, like moving forward sort of way, because I know what you're doing is bullshit. And if you bring it up again, I'm going to give you the same energy every single time. Yep. Also, um, is Sheree, is that how you handle paying your bills? Uh, oh, four out of seven. <laughs> I got, you know, it's over half. Like, that's enough. That's good um, enough, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. It's not, it's literally not a passing grade, but whatever. Yeah. Um, But that was Atlanta for this week. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. All 
I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Let's go celebrate the gym that didn't quite make the cut in Orange County. <laughs> oh, God. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, we start with, um, so there's kind of like this like flash of a like, couple scenes. Um, normally, we don't talk about them when it's just like these like 10-second scenes. Uh, but I love the first shot that we really get of this episode of OC is at Emily's house and her dog, Fisker, is just humping a pillow. <laughs> What is up with dogs on Bravo humping pillows? They're the horniest fuckers I've, I've seen. Like, like Schwartz's dog. It's yeah, it's it's a lot. Schwartz, Schwartz's dog, Sandoval. All three of those are dogs. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Um, we also see Gina's daughter uh, learning soccer and her just kicking a soccer ball into Gina's leg. That's <laughs> pretty good. She's you like, gotta wait till mommy moves, but good job. <laughs> yeah. we, we go to this. So then we go to dinner at the, at the DeBro house. And uh, <laughs> I was saying like this, like really sentimental, like, you know, d- um, you know, get, get to know people like sort of like, you know, every day scene of them having dinner as they're getting ready to send two of their kids off to college as their personal chef. Like, like, <laughs> so what are you making? So what, it's just like, what, like, this is so out of touch. Also, it's, it's funny because it's, it's, it's clearly acting like it's good acting. Yeah. 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 Like, I would expect to see this in like a feature length film, like a good one with a good budget and all of that. Mm-hmm. But it was also clearly acting. And they have a good, like, <laughs> they, there's a good rapport with the family. Yeah, they've got a good chemistry. But it's just like, holy shit, you guys are like so privileged. It's crazy. Yeah. Her, um, Max basically saying that uh, they're like, the shower pressure at my school sucks. So if you see a charge, um, for a hotel, it's because I'm taking a shower. My therapist approves. And well, but she also said this it's is- because I'm taking a shower and sleeping in a queen size bed. And then Terry goes, and how often is that going to happen? And she goes every night. Yeah, <laughs> it was giving very. Um, this is the future liberals want. Yeah, just like, <laughs> like yeah. Also, I love how Heather says um, something about 
um, somebody says something about them like moving out and moving somewhere else like without the kids and she's like we're never leaving orange county that sort of thing because she was talking about getting back into the la scene with acting and all acting of that more, yeah. um and they were like you're just gonna run off and forget us and she's like we're not gonna move anywhere cut to them selling that house also cut to her on uh watch what happens live where she's like yeah we've lived there longer than we have anywhere else we've lived since we've ever been married we've only ever lived three years in other places like this we've lived there six years that's ridiculous she's like it wasn't my dream home it was terry's dream home i'm like so then fuck his dream right what (laughs) also if you're gonna spend that amount of money building a house you Better fucking believe it's gonna be both of our dreams. Yeah, the, yeah, the champagne button and the and the you know, was really Terry's dream. Also, the giant champagne room wall in the dining room. Yeah, yeah, that's that that was that was his dream. Uh, we then go to Cut Fitness and Tamara and Jen are there um, as they're sort of deconstructing constructing stuff. And Jen is talking about how sad it is, you know, when she saw the news of Cut closing that you know it was such you know. Uh, uh, life-changing moments sort of working out there and sort of meeting Ryan there and all that mm-hmm. stuff. There were some extra scenes on Peacock because I rewatched this today and they mm-hmm. had a couple extra scenes, but they weren't really worth a damn. Like, well, there were there were three that weren't worth a damn and then one that was worth listening to. Mm. But this first one was just like, See, all of these treadmills, they've already been sold. That was it. That was the whole thing. It was like literally 45 seconds of them looking at equipment and going, this is already sold and that's already sold and all of it's already sold. It was definitely like, okay, so let's cut the treadmill footage because why the hell is that in the episode? Because it was running in place and not going anywhere. (laughs) There you go. Metaphors. Metaphors for days. Um, And Tamara's organizing. So they're doing a hibachi, like going away dinner at, at cut. That they're organizing. They start taking sledgehammers to the wall, which they're like, they take, they do a couple hits and then they're like, okay, we're done. It's like, okay. The, I mean, the excuse is Tamara's like, this is the worst hangover I've ever had. And yeah. I'm getting dizzy. Tamara's but like, really, I, it's, we need to sit down and talk about this shit. Yeah. She's like, I thought about having a beer for breakfast. That's how bad I felt. And then Jen basically has to tell Tamara what happened about like, so you told Shannon to fuck a duck. Uh-huh. Tamara's like, where did fuck a duck come from? Have people never heard that phrase? Like, they're acting like it doesn't exist. Right, but what does she mean about, like, where did... Like, even if you were drunk, like, you wouldn't say that if it wasn't... make up fr- phrases. Yeah, that wouldn't be something that you wouldn't normally say. Um, Shannon, Jen's like, Shannon did meet you with apology. She, Tamara's like, she apologized? She's like, yeah, and you told her she can go fuck off and fuck her ducks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I like Jen. Like Jen's got Jen's fun. Yeah. Um, Tamara says like, well, I'm not eating and drinking probably wasn't the best. And it's like, well, I got, I got myself in this situation now. And Jen's like, you should just extend an olive branch and, and maybe even invite her to the event. Um, so then Tamara and Jen start talking and then we find out a little bit more about their friendship mm-hmm. and about how there was a period where they weren't talking. Right. Um, because essentially Tamara, on the bare bones of it was that Tamara was really upset because Ryan had pulled Tamara and Eddie to the side at one point when they were vacationing together in Cabo and basically told them about the affair. 
Right. And Tamara and Eddie felt conflicted because they were also friends with Will, her ex-husband. And Tam- well, Which was, was her husband at the time. Yeah. One, that element. And then two, for on Tamara's end, being like, why isn't Jen telling me this? Right. Like, Ryan's not technically my friend. Jen is. Right. So, um, Tamara... Uh, yeah, but like I said, wondered why Jen didn't tell her. Jen was like, you know, it was a lot out of shame, and I and because of that, I pulled away. And th- I'll say this with later stuff too. I think this is the reason I like Jen and kind of am siding her in a, with her in a lot of these arguments. Is Jen's kind of really open and honest about things? Yeah, she's and it's not just, making excuses about it. She's like, yeah, I should have told you, and like I had a lot of shame built up about you know skipping out on my marriage and like you know all this stuff, and so you know because of that, I had this. You you know, negative. It's just like she has a clear headedness about it that, mm-hmm. like, I really respect at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, so we go, then we go over to Gina's house, and Gina's getting ready to do her real estate tests with Travis because I guess they're both now, we found out they're both going into mm-hmm. real estate um, for income purposes and all that stuff, like, hoping to, you know, do well. Um, they start testing each other. Um, I know because there was a question of like the question, and I love the graphic with like the who wants to be a millionaire. Like, uh, <laughs> um, she, it's a question about like a broker is on phone call, you know, is with clients or whatever, and, and misses a phone call. This should be uh, this type of practice is well, but it it was the the broker is so busy that they never call their client. That's back. what it is, and. The question was like, is this um, acceptable or, you know, whatever, like a scale basically from this is something you always do and this is something you never do with several options in between. And she was like, well, yeah, you don't do that. So it's prohibited. prohibited." And he's like, no, it's actually just discouraged. It's like, And I was saying like. I maybe I'm re- like I really got triggered by this because I just recently took the Pennsylvania like the test that you have to do to do um to serve alcohol and stuff like that, and there's questions like similarly to that, and to me it's like if I'm if I'm answering discouraged or if I'm answering prohibited, shouldn't that also count? Because if I think it's prohibited, then I'm still not gonna do it, which means it's still not triggering the discouraged thing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand this. Um, but then Gina starts opening up to Travis about Jen and Gina's Gina keeps trying to say the word, you know, I knew Jen peripherally, but she can't say like, Uh (laughs) yeah, peripherally, uh, that fucking accent probably doesn't do wonders. Um, Gina says that she doesn't want to judge the affair, but then it's complicated. Well, um, Gina is like, you know, although I give Jen credit for being open about her past, it just makes me uncomfortable because infidelity is something that I've had a really close relationship with, which that makes sense. Okay. Like, like, but yes, but again, going back to sort of Atlanta, it's like not, there's a certain response, responsibility that other people don't have when it comes to your triggers. Especially sure. when they don't know your triggers. And sure. Like, but I don't think that Gina is upset at... She is not then blaming Jen for, like, this thing that happened to Gina. She's not saying, Jen, how dare you not take responsibility for my ex-husband cheating on me. No, no, no. But Which is what Marlo's doing. Instead, um, Gina is just saying... Hey, like I kind of need to hold you accountable because I feel like 
this is kind of fucked up, and I don't know if you've thought about how this affected your ex. But I think I think she has. That's my thing. I think she has, and I I, and I think Jen has too. But I don't think that Gina ha- knows that. Right, but my frustration. So, well, I think we'll get to it later when we get to the cut fitness uh, uh-huh. party because there was t- stuff that I was getting frustrated on Jen's end in terms of the way Gina was kind of lashing out on her. When I feel like Gina should have been more lashing out on everyone else more than Jen, and she was kind of taking it out on Jen in a way. Like, but we'll get to that. Um, you know, uh, the the last question they answer on the test though is about. Um, putting clients' money in personal bank accounts. And I was like, uh, I guess unless you're Tom Girardi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, lawyer, lawyer, real estate, same difference. Um, yep. Shannon and John. Also, you heard that they decided that he can now stand trial. Well, it, I heard that it was an, there was an expert from the state. Right. Like the, the, that they, the, the expert. S- the state is now. His uh, lawyers are going to contest it. Right. It's going to be, and so I think the judge then ends up. But that's in August, I think. Yeah. So, but that'll be, it's interesting that the government person and not the, the, not the expert that his, his lawyers have found to determine it. Mm -hmm. But the, the government person's like, yeah, he's fine. I mean, I like. I don't trust either sides of this argument, but one of them's right. I, so. I love, well, I also, I love that I'm, I'm not trying to be like, trust the government, like explicitly, but like, I also am like, but by that narrative, by like the skepticism you should have about the government, like, wouldn't they not want to hold this like really rich, like wealthy, like influential lawyer accountable? Maybe. Yeah. Anyways, um, can't wait for our Beverly Hills reviews. Those are going to be fun. <laughs> um, Shannon and John go shopping for crystals. Um, this, they pull up and John's like, the, Shannon, the curb is really t- too huge on that end. So I'm going to need you to get out from the driver's side. I'm like, one, what does that mean? Well, so the curb is too high, so the bottom of the car or the door would have scraped on the oh, concrete. Oh, I was like, yeah, I I was confused at what he was saying. I was like, the curb looks fine, but yeah, because it felt like an excuse to just have a moment where Shannon struggles <laughs> getting out of the car, yeah. which is so Shannon. Uh, but like, also he could have then pulled forward and like away from the curb and then like parallel parks back into place. There's that. After she got out. Um, she's looking for crystal, specific crystals that want to protect, want, cause she wants protection from taking in other people's energy. That, uh-huh. That's her big thing. There was another, um, little clip in here that was, um, never before seen. And it was where she was asking the shopkeeper, you know, I was thinking maybe I should have, um, like, I, I was thinking, because you've got all these really big, pretty crystals around, and I was thinking, do I really need those in my home? Or do or will all the ones that I have stuffed in my bra be good enough? <laughs> and I was like, what? Wow. Of course. That's so, again, so she, I forget, like, 
it seemed like I mean, season- crystal titties are not like new to me as a witch. This is a common practice, but still, like, girl. But it seemed like forever you ago. You all our secrets out here. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like forever ago. I forgot that Shannon was the, like, the crystal feng shui. Like, uh-huh. that that was her whole thing when she first came on the show. She has to have nine lemons in a bowl. Yeah, nine lemons in a bowl. She says that she still has the crystals in her teeth that, uh-huh. she, that she got implanted. And Shannon's like, they're healing me. I hope they are because <laughs> they're buried in there now and they're not going anywhere. <laughs> Your Shannon is just, it's uh, it's chef's kiss. Um, Shannon, we find, so Shannon's a fire sign and John is a water sign. Yep. And Shannon's like, do you put my fire out? And John's like, it makes hot water, sweetie. It's fine. And I'm like, oh God, all this, like, and again, all this talk about the, the like they're at the three year mark and like, I'm just like, oh God, I can't like the shoe's gonna drop and it's gonna be so uh-huh. fucking sad. Um, because I like John. Like yeah. it's like it's not like John's a bad guy, but like shit. Yeah. Um, it'd be one thing if he was an asshole, <laughs> like like all the other men on Bravo. Yeah. Um, Tamara then FaceTimes Shannon, and Shannon's like, oh God. Um, and Tamara basically apologizes and like cries about it, being like, you know, I, 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 you know, you didn't deserve what I, you know, said to you and stuff like that. And that, you know, I don't want this to do this anymore. Um, you know, Shannon's like, yeah, it, it was a lot in terms of like everything that happened on the boat. And Tamara's like, I just want to move forward. Uh, and Shannon's like, I thank you for apologizing. Shannon says in her confessional though, like, you know, we're just kind of back to square one though. And like we're not addressing my hurt, like yeah, uh, like I I've also been hurt from like the last like three years, and like that's just kind of being put to the back burner. Um, and Tamara invites her to the cut fitness party. Um, after she uh, ends the call with uh, Tamara, Shannon like cries to John basically, <laughs> and it's just you know you know John tells her like you know forgiveness is important, but also know that forgiveness is for you. It's not for anyone else. Right. See, he's a good guy. Yeah. And Shannon's like, if I don't go, I'm, then I'm the asshole. And she, and he's like, yeah. And like, everyone will be like talking about you. And so you, you want to just, you know, be the bigger person. Go to yeah. Yeah. We see Emily uh, and her kids go to Shane's parents' house to go play in their pool. Basically. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> one of the funny so basically emily starts talking about how to her parents uh, to her parents-in-law about um she wants to get annabelle her daughter in like the entertainment industry because she's been talking about it a lot about doing like modeling mm-hmm. and like wanting an agent and stuff like that and as she's saying this like the, the, she's like parenting as they're in the pool and be like annabelle like he wants to play and annabelle just launches this ball and nails her brother just like right in the head like dead on between the eyes <laughs> it's the funniest shit to, to be clear it's a big bouncy ball it is not something would have caused damage yeah. it's not like a baseball well, or and, something. and he sells it like he does this the, the delayed like he's oh, being yeah. shot and just like collapses it's so good it's perfect um we find out a little bit more and i don't i don't think emily's talked about this before like sort of the strained relationship she has with her mother mm. and that like but she said that her mom basically she found out that her mom like told her therapist that her kid that basically my kids are toxic that, that emily and 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 emily's sister are toxic and i'm like what the fuck? And I get, cause we hadn't seen her since 2019. They showed the flashback yeah. of like, that was the last time like she came to California. Um, I had no idea like the, the, the things had gotten 
as bad as it was. Yeah. Um, but Emily talks about like sort of like she was a single mother and had to sort of like because she was working and providing for the family so much, Emily and her sister basically had to raise themselves essentially. Mm-hmm. It was kind of one of those situations. Um, and that she kind of she kind of wrestles with it of like you know, having empathy for her. Obviously now having kids of her own, like you know, knowing that, but like it just it was interesting to see because I had never heard about this from Emily. So Yeah. It it's always nice when we get a new layer to a housewife. Yeah. Um, we then go to Taylor's house as Heather comes over um to sort of help Taylor with her acting class that she's doing. Um, Heather, I said in this my notes. She looks like a prep school student. Like she's like got the, I think it's like a YSL jacket or whatever, but it's like, Mm -hmm. she looks like she's in prep school. Like she's got like, (laughs) everything's like buttoned up really tight. And like, I mean, she is very much like very that preppy kind of vibe. So like, I I get it. It makes sense. And she's like, you know, here's the script. Like there's, you know, the, the the teacher that's coming by is like done stuff on Broadway, et cetera. And Taylor's like, there is a role available. And Heather's like, Oh, I know. And then we find out that. So in the conversation on the boat, Taylor also offered Heather a spot, Heather, a role in this show. Is it a show or a movie? I can't remember. Um, I think it's a movie. Um, uh, and uh, Heather's like, I was like, yeah, sure. But like, I was drunk. So like, it was basically a drunk conversation. And like, cause basically Taylor's like, I've known this director for like a really long time. It seemed, it seemed the way Taylor described it. It seemed like that's part of what she was like, this is kind of why I got the role was of how close I know the director. So I can kind of get you an in, in this way. Well, Taylor has clarified on Twitter oh, has she? that she was had already talked to the director and production about offering the role to Heather and had been given the green light. Okay. But Taylor did not make that clear to right. Heather. Heather didn't know there was any actual gravity to what Taylor was saying and so didn't it took it with a giant grain of salt. Right. And Heather says, cause Heather says in her confessional, like, it's not like you can just offer me a role. Like there's a lot of way things that need to happen in between that. And there's like the list of like all the stuff, like popping up around her confessional of just like, you know, pay and like the, you know, I have to talk to the director and then we have to organize schedule and then cetera. And my thing is like, Heather's correct. Like she's correct in, yeah. the, in, in the, um, the point of the argument. But my other thing, and I think it's going to get into it like next episode too, is like, she doesn't really vocalize this to Taylor. It's one thing to say it in your confessional, but like, you're not, yeah. why aren't you telling Taylor in this moment? You know, I need to have a conversation it, with the director. I need, you know, it comes back to my number one gripe about reality television is if you would just talk to each other. Yeah. Because also, like, you're clearly the actress. You've made it known. And this is new for Taylor. This is something that she's trying for the first time, really. Right. So, clear, like, you to me, like, I would assume Taylor wouldn't know these things. Right. But, like, the director should. Yeah, exactly. That person should have known, hey, tell, should have directed Taylor and said, hey, let her know we'd like to offer her this job. Give her my card. Right. You know, if she seems interested, and then have her call me, and we'll discuss particulars. That would have been an 
an, a perfectly acceptable way to do that. Yeah. But like, you can't just say, hey, mention it to her. Sure. And then leave it with nothing. Right. And, and be un, like frustrated that she doesn't understand. Like, um, right. Um, so Lauren, her coach comes over and Heather recognizes her cause she was in the pretty woman musical. She's mm-hmm. got like a bunch of stuff on her resume. Um, apparently the movie is like about a murdered concert pianist or something. Uh-huh. And Taylor's role is essentially like a news anchor that's like covering it or something. Right. I was a little frustrated with the direction that, um, the Broadway person was giving mm. Taylor it was like, well, you have to have this, like news anchors have this this voice that you have to do so you have to find that voice and i'm like or you have someone give a honest and true performance right and see what that lands with the director yeah instead of telling a person put on this affectation that does not feel real or genuine in your voice mm-hmm Instead, say, do what feels natural and do what feels genuine for you and we'll work from there. Yeah. Because that's how you get true acting. I mean, as someone who has done this shit, like not on television, not movies or anything, but I've done stage acting and like it's, it has to come from someplace real. It has to come from someplace genuine. So if you're not starting there, especially when you've never done this before, you're not you're going to get a real canned fake vibe. Uh, basically this kind of acting that Lisa Renna does and that's not what we want on this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh- <laughs> Lisa Renna now, why I bit it? <laughs> oh, she gets in it herself well enough. She can be in it. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Um, Lauren, don't at me because I don't want all your bots coming after me. Oh no. Um, Lauren does voice work with her and like breath control and sort of stuff like that. Um, talking about breathing from your hoo ha, <laughs> which is advice I have heard many times. Although mine was breathe through your bot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lauren also says, like, um, you know, they say that blowjobs help you open up your throat or whatever. <laughs> and Heather's like, keep that in the vault. <laughs> keep that one to yourself. Don't let the husband know about that. Yeah. Okay. So now we go to Tamara's cut fitness party. Um, Eddie's like, loose fitting tie with these like short shorts it's like oh my god eddie really it's not a great look no um we see taylor's new husband john oh they've been together for i think like eight years she said so like a good while um i he didn't seem like a guy i would think would be with taylor um obviously anything is an upgrade but (laughs) yeah yeah but that's not hard um she's like he's very attractive i'm like yeah he's not unattractive i'll say that um heather uh brought a loaf of bread for tamra <laughs> that like, was so strange heather loves like a theme gift like or, yeah like, it's such a heather move but, but it makes sense when all your friends can buy whatever they want and need for themselves like gifts then have to be but isn't that but isn't it a gift for herself isn't it like, oh, I brought you this quirky thing at this party. Everyone's going to remember. what. Oh, remember when Heather brought the bread to like. Sure, maybe. But also aren't all gifts meant in order for you to be remembered as the gift giver? Sort of. 
So I don't like it. Like why put your, why fill in the from field? Just put it in a pile of presents and don't tell anybody who got it. There you go. Unless you're wanting recognition, you shouldn't put your name on it. <laughs> and we know Heather loves recognition. <laughs> well, but what I'm saying is anyone that gives a gift wants recognition. Right. No, I know. Um, Shane Shane and Emily come by and there's this scene where they walk in and Shane just smacks Emily on the ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, Gina, I love them together. They're such a cute couple. They're, y- yes. Why the hesitation? There was a I moment love, where, I love Shane. I do love Shane now, but there was something he says where in a little bit where he goes back to old Shane in a moment, and I'm like, no. Mm. <laughs> um, Gina says that uh, Gina meets Ryan, uh, Jen's Ryan, and says hi, and that she's like, I expected him to be taller. Like you know, when someone's talked about this much, I expected a a little more stature. I was like, okay, Gina, you're starting. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll continue. Um, Heather and Tamara then reminisce about cut and the opening of cut. And they're like, oh, and that dinner from the opening. And we cut back to the, you get the fuck out. And like pulling Alexis's Don't chair. Don't touch me. I'm not going to touch you. I'm just touching your chair. Now get up and get out. <laughs> and Tamara like joking about, I have to go on Xanax, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. It's like, Wow. Um, oh, this was the moment with Shane. So Eddie's talking in the group and Eddie goes, you know, it'll be nice to just, you know, get up and not have to do anything. And then Shane turns to Emily and goes, how is that? I was uh, like, wrong road, Shane, wrong road. Cause this was the, like, that was the problem in like season 13. Emily's for, it was like, it was a lot of negging. It was yeah. the negging of Emily that was pissing her off. And it was like, Oh yeah, I get to raise all the kids now as you now go off to work and now you're going to joke at me about how I don't do anything all day. After I supported you because you went back to school to take the law, uh, the bar exam um, and, you know, wouldn't have passed it unless they lowered the restrictions because of COVID. Oh, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tamara's son, Ryan arrives moving on. Um, Tamara, <laughs> I'm not getting, I'm not getting into him. I, I want to forget his existence. I really do. I don't, I can't. He's got a cowboy hat now on now. whoop de doo Um, t- Tamara says that they've talked about buying a property outside of Montana. And this was such a housewives moment of like, you know, and honestly, you know, if I'm going to be looking for properties in Montana, why don't we all do a girl's trip to like a dude? Ra- it was like, like such- clearly a setup. So this is the setup for the girls. trip. They okay. are never going to buy a property in Montana. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so Shannon and John then arrive. And this was such a Shannon sequence. Shannon arrives and she's looking at the sign in the front. She goes, I don't get it. We, it closed. Oh, we cut it. Clo- like the, like <laughs> the, with the, uh, oh, okay. They, 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 they should have said we didn't make the cut. Oh, that's so much better. That's so like much it better. Just, it, it was right there. Because they had to put the cl- when they did close, they put the D in like, uh, what's the bump like D in? Because bu- it's supposed to be we cut it close. It's like it's too much of a walk because close is not the precursor to closed. Yeah, it's close. So we cut it close is not a thing. Shannon's right. That sign is confusing. <laughs> um, Shannon, at, this is, a, but like Shannon's like, where's Tamara? And they're like, 
And she's like, oh, she's right over there. And then Shannon and immediately goes to the bar and goes, can I have two Casamigos Anejo, por favor? <laughs> Her Spanish is always something. <laughs> Tamara and Shannon, the meetup, and Tamara hugs her and apologizes and says she's sorry. Shannon says she appreciates the apology. It, it's the most awkward hug. Like, it's again, yeah. Shannon, like Shannon's not really fully Shannon's like, okay. Uh, okay. But also, she's like, your confessor's like, but I also need an apology for what's happened to me in the last two and a half years. And she's like, this is a to be continued. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Gina and Heather then are talking at one of the tables. And Gina's like, "Have did you see Jen's social media post? And Heather is like, give me all the tea. Show me. <laughs> Show me down. Turn that down. <laughs> and so it's like a thing where like... At Jen's yoga studio and with her like um, employees or whatever, her co-workers or whatever. And it's like, they're like, and the caption reads, we're so proud to be here. No, we're so proud to still be here. Right. And Heather's like, that's tone deaf. Like the day before you go to your friends. I agree. It's tone deaf. I do think it was innocent. Yes. Yes. You know. And, but, of course, any innocent moment on Housewives... Oh, no. Can't the, have innocent moments. They always have ulterior motives. With the right thirsty person, it can, like, move. Because then Gina's like, it really makes me think that there's a lot more happening with Tamara and Jen than what's being let on. What? How did you jump? Like, I, I want you to explain the jump to me of uh, how that works. Actually, I kind of understood because it's basically a okay so why are you making this cutting dig at someone who's supposed to be your really good friend and like the reason you're on the show sure um so if you're like really close with this person why would you make this post like you should know that this would cause a problem so clearly you're sniping so if you're sniping at her then clearly you aren't as close as you say you are so there's something that's happened in the back see it's not that hard of a leap if you just follow the conversation sure it's like right it's right there you just have to speak it and gina's (laughs) also like i haven't fought anyone this season like (laughs) it's right there i'm gonna take it um heather goes let's keep that to ourselves and gina goes of course and then of course <laughs> immediately runs to the table and says hey Jim yeah <laughs> so then they, they all then sit down for di- uh, dinner Gina and Emily are reminiscing it's like oh my god like I just realized also cut is where we me and Emily first met for the first time and then we see the flashback and get a Kelly Dodd sighting and we're like oh Jesus <laughs> jump scare <laughs> jump scare <laughs> just uh, the faint hint in the background of just some, someone going I'm blind <laughs> oh kelly well but it wasn't the i first wish we time could say we, we missed you it wasn't the first time we even talked about her this week either because of the, the stuff with congress oh yeah you <laughs> there was a big thing in the uh, uh marjorie taylor green calling lauren bobert a little bitch on, on the congressional and the first floor. thing i thought of was little bitch you're little bi- your husband's a little bitch the, and, hey that's my husband He's a little bitch. And then you showed, like, you sent the video to me, and then I was like, "Oh my god, Kelly Dodd is like if Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert were were morphed together, literally. <laughs> like, look at look at Kelly Dodd, and it's, it's 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 perfection. It's scary. It's like it's it's three of the horsewomen of the apocalypse, and I'm just trying to figure out who the fourth one is. Yeah. 
Um, they then do, they bring out the hibachi people. God, people love hibachi. I, and I recently I went to, it. I recently went to a hibachi place for the first time for, um, uh-huh. uh, your friend Bethany's wedding. And it was, I've never been, and it's fun, but it's like, like rich people love it. <laughs> like, it's like the most, like, you know, I don't get, I don't like the whole flipping food at you and you have to catch it in your mouth. No, no. don't do that shit to me. Um, Gina then, <laughs> Gina then turns to Jen immediately and goes, that post you posted yesterday, I thought was interesting. And Jen's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's so great. Like the looks at the poses that Gina's pulling. It's like- <laughs> so like, perfor- like, she goes, I almost thought you wouldn't be here and that you and Tamara were in like a fight. And she does like full, like, like, you know, when you put your hands in your chin and you're just like, yeah, like, li- like, like so invested. It's like, wow, Gina, like, like the dog with a bone, like just like it's so good. Gina said, you know, uh, Gina's like, I know Heather said not to say anything. I just have a really very hard time hanging on to things when I don't think that things are right. Oh, so like perfect for a housewife. Uh-huh. That's convenient. <laughs> Tamara's like, what's happening? What's going on? Because she can overhear this whole thing. And Jen's like, so like it was like a TikTok trend where it was like, you know, you we're still here sort of thing with this like church music in the background. And it's like a thing you do on TikTok, like going, getting past COVID and stuff like that. And I captured like, you know, that we're still, that I was happy that like our business is still here. And then Tamara's like, you posted this today? And, and she's like, just yesterday. like, yesterday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tamara's like, I can kind of see what Gina is saying, though. That's kind of fucked. And he- and well, so and then Heather, well, Heather then says like, you know, this is why I didn't want Gina to bring it up because Tamara can get mad and go from a DefCon four to a DefCon one. Like yeah. it's an innocuous. Like Heather's like, I know it's kind of tone deaf, but it's still innocuous. But that doesn't mean Tamara's not going to rip her head off for it. Right. Which honestly. She didn't. No, she they didn't. squashed it. Yeah. So Jen then apologized. Jen's like, I'm sorry if it came off insensitive. That wasn't my intention. And Tamara's like, you weren't knocking. But then it kind of goes on. And Tamara's like, you weren't like knocking me because I had to close my business down, right? Jen kind of gets annoyed and is like, Tamara, would I ever knock you for closing your business? Like, like we've been, you know, not just with like the business, but like how much I've been like invested with cut. Would I ever like just be like, yeah, fuck cut. It's closing essentially and Tamara's like i don't know and jen's like yes you do yeah but i also understand why Tamara's like okay but because like you can't be stabbed in a back in the back by someone you don't trust enough to turn your back to them right so like yeah i understand why someone who has had people turn on her before who has had very close friends betray her before why she would immediately jump especially on this show Mm. why she would then especially jump to really again but this shit's happening again but then that also frustrates me because of this is that i think because of that tamra kind of retaliates on jen a little bit later in the episode by like doing the doing housewives stick to kind of throw her under the bus about something so it's kind of like yes, but I kind of feel like it's deserved. We'll get to it. We'll get we'll get to it. Jen, you know, Jen's like, if anyone's sitting here has supported cut, it's her. She says this in her confessional, and then Jen turns to Gina and goes, "And Gina, that's crap." And Gina is like, "It is crap. You posted it." 
Gina's not wrong again, but her it, timing may be off, but she her argument is not th- invalid, and I think her intentions are off. I'll, I'll say that. Tamara, I I think maybe I don't think her. I think maybe in the back of her head, her intentions might be off, but I think she thinks she's doing it for the I right reason. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm at the point where I'm like standing, standing Jen at this point, like oh, because I'm just like leave her alone, like like. Let her get her footing. She just got here. Yeah. Tamara's like, it's just bad timing. And Jen's like, I'll completely own that. I'll cop to it. And then she hugs Tamara. Even Emily in her confessional says, though, like, it's kind of out of character for Gina to be taking such a black and white stance with this stuff. Yeah. And she's like, she was just thinking about herself, which, I mean, we all do. Like, yeah. Um, then so then they start talking around the table uh, oh. tables again. We get another exclusive little um, uh, bonus, scene. bonus thing where Emily and Gina are talking about how hot it is because they don't have AC at cut anymore, apparently. I don't know why. Gyms normally don't. They usually have like those giant like fans. That's ridiculous. Yeah, because you want them to sweat and like... Uh. I mean, I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, Emily was talking about how hot she was and so she took off her panties and stuffed them in her purse (laughs) and then moments later they're talking about it when they're about to have the circle up talking with Jen and Tamara about Jen's affair um she (laughs) Emily mentions it and pulls them out of her purse to prove it and starts waving them around in front of everyone. And Heather goes, okay, we don't need to smell them. And Tamara goes, well, I just did. Oh. <laughs> I am so glad that as a bonus scene, I did not see that. <laughs> it was so good. Gee, Emily, I love your prop comedy, but like, <laughs> take it down a and notch and then we immediately go into this table scene right with emily basically questioning jen about the whole timeline of the ryan will right so but, but tamra brings this is my thing so tamra brings it up first right and tamra talks about how jen met ryan at cut and like, you know, Tim was like, it took, you know, it got weird with us because when we found out about the affair, because, you know, we were friends with Will and Jen's like, yeah, it was a, you know, Jen's like, yeah, you know, it was really difficult. Gina goes, divorce, infidelity. It's all really messy. Like uh, being kind of sarcastic about it. Yes, but there's another extended scene right here. Okay. So the extended scene right here is where Emily, like she, we see it a little bit. Uh, in the actual what aired but on peacock we get the full discussion and emily's like okay but don't you think it's really convenient that you started having this situationship with ryan and started getting closer to each other and getting dolled up to see him at the gym and you'd go out on these walks and you'd have all of this stuff and then you also are at the same time because he's living in orange county when this is happening right then at the same time you turn around reach out to your family in oklahoma and say oh can you get him a job out on, there? And this is ship on the episode. Out? Well, some of it is, but Emily goes in and is like digging in on the intentions of what she's saying. She's saying, okay, well, like, 
I I get that you're saying that that was not your intention, but don't you think it's a little convenient of the timing? And don't you think that that was in the back of your head at some point where you thought I'm getting rid of my husband so that I can have this affair on the side? Yeah, I feel like that was like such, but I felt like that was so leading. And it was so like, Emily, you've known this person for like, not that long to yeah, make these judgments. Yeah, but she's a lawyer. That's At the end the, of the day, that's her how how her brain works. Because well, that's my thing though is that like, and, and the questions are fine, and Jen's taking the questions, right? Like, and so, but I think my issue is that Jen is kind of put in a sort of untenable situation because right. of this. And when I so Emily asked Jen, what made you leave the marriage, right? And Jen's like, you know, you know, we would never go out. You know, it was sort of like we wouldn't go out with friends. It's, I would vocalize this, et cetera. And Tamara's like, yeah, they were in an unhappy marriage. And Gina's then starts getting uncomfortable, right? And starts like fading, like eye-rolling a little bit and sort of swaying and then sort of leaving the table. And you hear her go, I'm not sitting there and being like, let's pretend that infidelity is okay. And my issue though, it's like, Okay, but Jen's not saying that. Jen is not saying, I was right to cheat on my husband. Right. I, like, but my issue, like, Tamara's bringing it up. Emily's asking questions. Jen is then responding to the questions. You can't, you can't be mad at Jen. Because if Jen would have said, you know, it's really personal. I don't really want to talk about this. Then you would have been like, she's hiding something. Right. She's in a can't-win situation. So... I, I'm realizing now, as you were just talking about that, that this is kind of what should have happened with Scandaball, right? Uh, Jen was unhappy in the relationship. Yeah. Had an affair. Didn't sleep with the guy, according to her. Right. But there was still a love affair, right? There was emotions developing. There was an emotional affair. And then she decided to leave the, the, the marriage. She didn't get caught. She didn't, well, theoretically sort of. she gets caught in a, Tamara says something in a second about how um, her husband caught them in a car together having sex, but she denies that there was she sex She says there involved. wasn't sex. He was, she says he was giving her a gift or something, and it was very, it was very romantic and very that sort of entanglement, but it wasn't, se- it, they weren't having sex in a car. Right. So they then dissolve the marriage. They get, you know, all of that. But the difference is, is that Jen is not making excuses. Right. She's not saying, I was right to do this because I was unhappy. She's saying, I want you to understand my mindset in the moment. And this is what I was going through. And this is the decision that I made. And... We ended up splitting up. I am now with this person. Um, like, it's not... Like, my brain, like, feels like it's, like, Bizarro World over in Scandaval World and Real World applications yeah. of this similar situation. No, but you're totally right. Like, Sandoval would have been so much better off just copping to it and not trying to make an excuse. Even because there's a, there apparently was a six month length of time. So it's very similar yeah. even in the affair length difference is number one, will and Ryan were not best friends. There's that. Um, and she's not making excuses. She is owning every moment of it. 
Sandoval, you're not listening to this, but if you are, take a look at how she handled this situation. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't the piece of trash that we all think you are, learn from how she handled this and learn the maturity that she's handling this with and apply that to future situations. Because she's all in. she's also willing to take the licks, right? Right. Like she's like Emily's like you said, questioning not, her like a lawyer. She's not fighting back at anybody. She's no. just taking the Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I fucked up. Yeah, it's really I I think it's commendable. Yeah. I th- I th- in the way that she's handling it. But so Jen then brings up like, you know, yeah, we never I never slept with Ryan with uh when Will went to Oklahoma. And then Tamara pulls a face and and Jen picks up and goes, "Don't pull that face. Like what are you doing?" And Tamara's like, "You need to be honest." And Jen's like, "Honest about what?" Yeah. And then this is where Tamara And then Tamara in conf- in confessionals makes the claim that she's telling a different story behind the scenes than she is now in front of the camera. I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I think that maybe she alluded to some intimacy, but there was no sex. And Tamara is assuming that there was sex. Yeah. Cause like, my thing is like the fact again, that Jen is so honest about this, right? Yeah. Like I might be so honest and then lie about, I, I don't know. The only reason I can think of is maybe there was like an infidelity clause in her, in like a sure for the divorce settlement or, or, or not divorce settlement. What's the thing you prenup. prenup? That's the word. So maybe there was that, but we don't have anything to support that theory. So I have to move under the assumption that she's telling the truth because she's been so honest yeah. and so humble about everything. And, and it, like I and just I, and I get we can't just go off of like vibes. Like but facts like, aren't feelings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, RuPaul. Um, but no, like she gives off the vibe of an honest person. And I think, and for me, it being yes. a big deal when Sandoval is lying, you can tell, you can tell like, and so like she reads very honest to me and I, and I just am more inclined to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and if she is lying, then she needs to be taking that part in that movie because mm-hmm. she's a damn good actor. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, Tamara then, uh, thanks everyone again for coming, cuts the cake and then starts shoving the cake in Eddie's face and they, and whatever. Poor Emily. Emily was so mad. Like I wanted cake. (laughs) She just goes, you're wasting it. And she had literally just said, I really want that, that kettle ball. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then they, and then starts shoving cake in Tamara's face, and Tamara like full on slaps her with like a full and then, of cake. And then both of them are chasing people around the room. Like Shannon's like, I just want to say goodbye to everyone. And Tamara starts going out, and she's like, Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like like Gina's running, Heather's running, everybody's running from these two. It's so funny. It yeah. was such a a good lighthearted. Like, this is how you do a dinner. There was some drama. There were multiple moments of drama. There were multiple moments of, you know, bickering back and forth, but things were resolved. Like, um, there was, uh, you know, an ongoing thing with Shannon and Tamara, but they were able to put it aside for this moment and really celebrate the closing of, of Cut. Like, this is how adult women... Communicate. Communicate and handle things in a healthy way take note other franchises yeah because y'all are fucking it up yeah no this was a great episode of oc i i'm 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 really loving the trend of how everything's going like yeah. it's it's really really good and then we get the first 
trip of the season to Montana next episode. And that looks like it's going to be fun. It looks like Taylor and Heather are going to go at it. So that should be fun times. All right. Let's get into these tops and bottoms. Um, we got Drag Race. We got Atlanta. Got OC. What are you thinking? Um, my I'll start with my bottom. My bottom for the week. I'll just give it to Drag Race Production. I think as uh-huh. as, as talking through the episode, I think things were very um, just not as fun as they were. Like I, but even if things weren't as fun on set as even if things were like tense and like as it seemed. To not see any of it. Yeah. Like, it's so clear that there was something bigger happening and that we weren't getting a view on it as the audience. And that's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating as a viewer. Um, and, and I just, I don't know. It, it's dampening this season to where, like, I kind of were was not agreeing with the naysayers a lot about this season. And now I'm kind of like, well, they kind of have a point here and there. But it has nothing to do with the cast. No. I mean, the people are great, but it's like, it's... The vibe is just not there. And there's no excuse to be cutting that stuff out because we're on Paramount. It's not like there's That's restrictions on time slots and all of that stuff. Right. Like you're you're posting extended episodes anyway. These episodes are like an hour and 35 minutes long. Like just post the whole thing, Mary. Yeah. Like I just, I don't get it. Um, But uh, you know, let me go to my top. My top though for this week. Now I think I'm going to give it to Kenya. Oh, okay. I loved one just the way she handled Marlo at that brunch. Like, she, like had the best reads as she always does. Like, just was like completely owned the room in many in many respects. Um, but also, I loved that, and also contrasting with the personal story about her journey of wanting to get pregnant again and sort of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I I'm a big Kenya Moore stan unapologetically. Um, but it was really good to get to see her get to shine this episode in a way that we really haven't gotten to this season. Yeah. Um, and I thought she kind of was the MVP of the episode overall. So credit to Kenya Moore. Great stuff from her. Uh, what about you, babe? What about your tops and bottoms for the week? Um, so with my bottom, I'm going to keep it in the ATL. Um, and we're going to talk about Sonya. Because look, yeah. I, one might ex- expect me to give it to Marlo. And I did consider it, <laughs> but I already um I already gave her her dead flowers earlier. Yeah. And um you know, I I'm a, I'm gonna leave it for a second because I have a feeling she's gonna have lots of bottoms throughout the run of this season. Um but Sonya just like like this like trying talking out of both sides of her mouth like backstabbing people, all this, like, minion bullshit. Uh Uh-uh. No. I don't put up with that shit. And I didn't really think that it was that bad last season. Um, I mean, I know we had the whole Drew throwing the the dog bone at her. Um, But it's egregious this season. And we're only, like, what, four episodes in? Five episodes in? This is this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The, this is like next like she's done as much lapdog bullshit in these couple episodes as she did the entire season last year. And it's just it's a problem. It's yeah. like, girl, I get it, you're in your sophomore year, but you are flopping. Well, and it's starting to become your story too. So yeah. either you fix that or or bye. Yeah. 
And honestly, I'm already leading towards bye. <laughs> I'd rather keep Drew at this point. Yeah. And that's something because I was not a Drew fan Same. before this year. Same. I'm I'm fully into Drew now in a way that I was not. In it it helps to be galvanized with Drew against Ralph. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that, that helps a lot. Um, but I want to talk about my top for the week. And I think that this person might go unsung. So I'm going to sing her praises now. Not actually singing, but you know what I mean. Uh, Jimbo, mm. I thought that she did exceptionally well in the challenge. She did exceptionally well on the runway. I really think she should have won the challenge. But that beyond, like that is to the side. What I was really impressed with was her ability to do what Rue does in a fake way, but in a genuine way. Yeah. She was able to come to Kahana and really give her some great advice and really help her pull herself out of this pit that she was in. And that's really like... That's genuine, mm-hmm. and that's the sort of the the sort of thing I love to see on Drag Race, but really in queer media in general. I want to see more of our community banding together and lifting each other up, and making sure that each other are in the right headspace and in the right um like place in order to you know, make sure each of us are celebrated. And I feel like Jimbo really is about that. And I feel like she's had a little bit of a bad reputation in terms of personality Mm. from both her run on Canada and on UK versus the world. I think she's really kind of come into her own and is really in a much more healthy space for herself and she's really just wanting to help other people get there too um like that's really what i want in my queer representation yeah it's fun to be catty it's fun to be bitchy and like fight and all of that stuff but at the end of the day we have to be family right because we're the only ones sticking up for each other um But I also want to give a little bit of a shout out to OC. I know that both of our tops and bottoms came from Drag Race in Atlanta, but I think OC is really consistently performing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like this cast as a whole is better than we've had in a lot of recent history. I would say the closest we've had as far as a non-toxic, and consistently delivering cast was Miami. Yeah. Everything else between then and now has been rough. (laughs) And um, I'm really hoping that we get more of this bright, fun, yes, still catty, still bitchy, all of that stuff, but not so serious, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope we're getting more of that with um, with New York. When it comes out in July, I really hope that um, Luann and Sonia's new show, uh, Re- Welcome to Ca- Crappy Lake, mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, 
Um, that looks absolutely hilarious. Um, the people that have seen it has said it's, you know, some of the best TV they've seen in a long time. I'm excited for it. I mean, we know that Sonya's great TV, so I like I'm really excited for that. Um, You know, I'm hoping that OC is a turn for the better when it comes to Bravo things moving forward. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.